All right, let me be straight with you. I don't like how I sound. This is what happens when you spend a week with children home from school that are eight and six. And every couple of minutes, you got to say something like, boys. But you say it much louder than that. So I've sucked down some hot tea. I don't like hot tea. Never have. I don't like hot beverages. I thought general. it was going to be a New Year's res- resolution. Nope. You know, you're drinking not at all. Coffee. Not well, I guess not coffee. Yeah, no, don't, I don't care for wasn't coffee. Sure, wasn't never, sure. Never cared for coffee. Good. I don't like, I don't like, I really don't like hot drinks. I just don't. Hot cocoa. I don't like hot cocoa. Hot cocoa popcorn. I, don't, I did not really <laughs> like the hot cocoa popcorn. Um, But I've, um, I've learned my lesson in these circumstances. This is what helps. So I am rocking the hot tea today, and we'll see how it goes. I did a hit on VEASAN this morning, and I thought I sounded terrible. They're like, you sound fine. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, do this. It's not your instrument, you know what I mean? Like, that, that, let me be the judge of that. I don't like how I sound. So I um, stopped by uh, the local uh, hot tea establishment, got myself a hot tea, and here we go. We'll see how this goes. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hope everybody had a great New Year's. Um, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens sure did, and we will discuss that plenty throughout the course of the morning. Mike Martz, former NFL head coach, now with the 33rd team. He'll check in with us. Evan Washburn, who was part of the broadcast crew for CBS, will join us, as will Aaron Schatz, who tried to explain on Twitter why the Ravens are like one of the great teams of the modern era, according to DVOA, of course, now with FTN Network. Aaron Schatz will join us as well. Plus, later on, uh, normally on Tuesdays, we get into uh, the high school sports scene, and we will get to West Brown for County Sports Zone Radio. So all of that coming up on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by, this one's going to be brought to you by Superbook. Of course, it's Superbook. Even though the year has changed, as of right now, the code remains the same. It's going to be confusing. Got it. And I'm trying to poke around to see if we can't update that. Well, I'm still going to think it's 2023 for probably about a month. So, uh, yeah, I'm over that now. Like that, uh, that I'm gonna. We don't write. The, we don't. This is not like when you're in school as a kid I, and you got to write the I, date. I think I changed things. it in the title. I, now, now, now I'm worried I didn't change it in oh the title. Boy. Oh boy, this is not like that. Like you, you yeah. come on. Oh, good, I did. Okay, thank you. There we go. We got that going for us, <laughs> which is nice. Um, I, what I would say is. Use Glenn Clark 23 until I tell you otherwise. And I might be telling you otherwise soon, but I haven't yet. So continue to use Glenn Clark 23 when you sign up at Superbook. And when you do, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app in order to sign up. And I'm kind of starting to feel the Ravens going into week 18. I know it seems crazy to bet a game like this, but, and we can talk about it throughout the course of the week, there are only so many reserves that you can even play in a game. This is not a final preseason game. You don't have a 90-person roster. The Ravens have been playing a lot of these guys. Now, I get it. It won't be Lamar Jackson. I understand that. Or if it is, it'll be Lamar Jackson briefly. It might only be Tyler Huntley briefly. 
I had a conversation with that with the, about that with the guys from Veasan. I think it's an awkward spot for the Ravens with how they decide to do this this on uh, Sunday uh, Saturday. Tyler Huntley is a free agent at the end of the year. And as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, the addition of Malik Cunningham suggests to me that the Ravens are prepared to move on from Tyler Huntley and simply say we're not spending any money at all at backup quarterback. With that being the case, you almost feel like the Ravens kind of owe it to Tyler Huntley. Hey, thank you for everything you've done. We're going to give you one more opportunity to showcase yourself on the way out the door. You get to play the bulk of this game. You get to remind everybody that you are a capable NFL player, and if you're going into next year and you don't have your quarterback situation solved or you're planning on drafting someone later in the first round, maybe you're the team that think the Denver Broncos, or they think they're drafting J.J. McCarthy, well, maybe you add in Tyler Huntley to the mix. I feel like the Ravens, in a way, owe it to Tyler Huntley to let him have that game. But at the same time, if... Dear God, Lamar Jackson were to have to miss a drive to come off the field for a couple of plays during the course of any of these playoff games. The Ravens would prefer to have Tyler Huntley to put on the field. So they don't want him getting hurt on Saturday either. So it's a very unique... I could see them playing a lot of their quarterbacks on Saturday. We'll see. But I don't know. I'm starting to feel a way about the fact... They could play Malik Cunningham. Just starting to feel weird about the idea of them being four-point dogs. Just they're four-point dogs. The Ravens? Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're, the one team has to win. The other team doesn't have to do anything. It makes sense. The line makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens aren't. They. This is not. They can't empty the bench. They can't put in players that aren't on the roster. They have to play the guys they have. NFL rosters are only so big. We remember in 2019, Robert Griffin III winning a game in these circumstances. Easily. I, correct. <laughs> I, I get it. The Steelers have looked more competent with Mason Rudolph under center than they did with Kenny Pickett, but let's not oversell that and pretend that like Mason Rudolph has been a world beater. He's been no Joe Flacco. I don't know. I just sort no of one feel, has, ever. Sort of, sort of feel away. We'll talk about that more when we get the picks on Thursday. Uh, if you listened to 105.7 The Fan yesterday, um, we did what we did. Rita, of course, ended up having fun. Uh, I think the internet enjoyed her reaction to a caller named Chase, who we had, dis- we had declared at the beginning of the show, hey, today is a happy hour show. We're not doing any of the other stuff. We're just talking about what this team has meant and how joyful it's been. And, and I said then, there have been plenty of holidays that have been ruined by your sports fandom. There have been plenty of depressing feelings going into January over the years. Last couple of years, the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson going into January. It was depressing. You got past the holidays and you were like, ugh, I've got nothing to look forward to at all. Just cold and snow. That's it. By the way, it's supposed to to snow next week. Eh, Be a real shame shame that your boy wouldn't be around. (laughs) By the way, blessings be to the Baltimore Ravens. I had a scheduled vacation next week. It would have been very awkward if the Ravens had been preparing for a playoff game. Thank you. I believe in the locker room they said, that was for Glenn. I believe they said, we're playing for Glenn tonight. That's the way it goes. We're playing for Glenn today. And I was like, thank God. God love you. God love you. Although I will be on a plane on Saturday as they're playing the Steelers, so that's a little bit awkward. Um, But I also don't care (laughs) because who cares about this game other than the fact that I might bet it. We'll see. 
this is really pushing my limits of these are the types of things I would make fun of Griffin for doing is betting a game like this. And yet I'm sitting here thinking about betting this game. Tyler Huntley overs. I, I don't know how long Tyler Huntley's gonna play. This I think is he'll the, play enough. You say that, I don't know. It's awkward. I feel like they owe it to Tyler Huntley. Lee Cunningham they, over return yards. Over return yards. Yeah. Is there a combo return and passing yards that we could get in? Or return and rushing yards that we can get in on with Malik Cunningham? Whatever it is. Look into that. Um, blessings to them because they help me. But as I said, we've had plenty of Januaries. I've had plenty of moments and feelings as sports fans over the years where it hasn't been your day. Where your holidays have been depressing because of your sports fandom. What is the point of being a sports fan if... This week, you're thinking about anything other than the joy that you have been given by this football team. And I get it. All of the other stuff is still out there, right? Like you can, we, we can still deal with the fact that Lamar Jackson's 1-3 and three in the playoffs and has to prove himself still as a playoff quarterback. That doesn't go away. It's just not relevant today. They're not playing a playoff game for three weeks still. There'll be all sorts of time to discuss that. You want to debate what they should do on Saturday? By all means, debate what they should do on Saturday. My answer is, there is no answer. If somebody gets hurt, we're going we're gonna to kill the Ravens over it. But this isn't, you, you can't treat it like a, I can't say this enough. And John Harbaugh referenced it. Like, their, their inactives are going to be taken up by the guys that we already know. The inactives from this past... Can you pull up this past Sunday's inactives, Griffin? Yes. Because you got to add Marlon Humphrey to that list. Right? So it's Kyle Hamilton. It's Marlon Humphrey, for sure, one and two. Presumably Kevin Zeitler, again. And Brandon Stevens, again. I'm thinking if you miss the last game, you're not returning for the final regular season game. So I'm just guessing you knock out four of your inactives right off the bat. Four of them, gone. Because those guys that have been banged up, I'm assuming you're not putting back out there for your final regular season game. Who so are the you others? You said Hamilton, Stevens, Marlon will be inactive. Marlon will be inactive. Zeitler. Certainly, Zeitler was the fourth that I said. So those uh, are the Pepe four. was inactive. He was, I guess, he was. A, he was a healthy yeah, scratch, right? Yeah, I mean, he was, but like he had been banged up. So I don't know if there had been any. I, I I'm not certain that he's inactive for this pa- week. Patrick Queen looks banged up. He certainly looks banged up. Yeah. I could see them in making him inactive. Um, Sala was the other one, and then Josh Johnson was the third QB. So Sala presumably will not be inactive. This yeah. week. They'll use his inactive spot for someone else who's been banged up of late. And I don't know if that's Zay Flowers, for example, who's been dealing with a foot issue. But that could be the answer. Of, Willie Cunningham was also inactive. Right. Yeah. They'll presumably still use a third. I think that's the funny part, right? Will they use a third Four quarterback? Four QBs or, or a I, and, I, I don't know. But, like, you hear what I'm saying. We're, we're giving away five spots immediately just to guys that are banged up, for the most part, that they played without this past Sunday. Got, like, Stanley maybe just... just you would want to, but yeah. do you have an active available? I get the argument of just play Patrick McCary, you know, but McCary's been playing a lot of snaps. Right. Like, you don't really want McCary getting hurt either because he's a significant contributor. They're in a tough spot with this. I mean, like they they are, because it's easy for us to say don't play anybody. Well, somebody's got to play. They have to play the football game. The 
you know, the, the bit about you should purposely try to lose to increase the chances of keeping the Bills out of the playoffs, get the entire F out of here with that. And I, I, that's gross to me. Gross. Laughable. That's the type of thing that, like, if on Monday you wake up and that's how the combination of things occurred this weekend, then you say, huh, that's interesting. Maybe the Bills were ultimately the better team, but if they didn't beat the Dolphins, were they the better team? Really? I'm not thinking about that. That's not even in the back of my mind as far as decision-making is concerned. Like, imagine you being in a tie game late and being like, hey, guys, don't uh, don't try to tackle. Whatever you do, just don't. We let, really don't want to see Josh Let Jalen Warren go past. We're, I mean, we're good, but I, I don't know that we can beat the Bills. That is as pathetic of a conversation. And I know that I am the king of, hey, I'm rooting for... Uh, you know, like the, the, the least path of resistance. No, I, uh, the, the year that the Joe Flacco got hurt and the Ravens were out of it, I openly talked, and people killed me over it. Oh, I openly wanting. talked about the fact that I wanted them to lose every game the rest of the way. Like when they beat the Steelers that year and everybody was celebrating, I, I couldn't join you. I wanted to improve as much as possible draft status in a year in which you weren't doing anything. That was my reality. Now, what I said then was, I'm not encouraging the team to stop trying. That would be nuts. And in a similar way, if you're saying, hey, look, I'm, I wouldn't be angry if the Bills missed the playoffs. I hear you. But for the Baltimore Ravens to even consider it, to even have it, again, in the back of their mind, is as bat as crazy as anything I could ever possibly imagine. Not even a thought. Can I have no problem if they're not going all out to try to win the game. I don't want them to go all out to try to win the game. But to say, we better not, we better sabotage this to try to make it more likely to keep the bills out is as cheap and stupid of an idea as I have heard in some time. If they win, they win. That means the Steelers won't make the playoffs. I enjoy that. I like that thought. I get it. The Bills are better than the Chiefs. I understand. Sorry, the Bills are better. Well, they're probably better than the Chiefs, too. The Bills are better than the Steelers. But I stop. Just stop with all that nonsense. Um, Joy. Joy is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling a lot of it. Some of it is... I mentioned this, you know, on the post game. I got a little emotional, and I talked about it again yesterday. Enjoying this now with my kids. The last couple of years, as the Ravens were getting, there was no Lamar Jackson around this late December, early January. There, these feelings didn't exist. So the last time we felt this, my sons were five and three, and it was the COVID year. Everything was goofy. This is the first time that my sons have any like recognition of what's going on and their friends are talking to them about it and they're feeling like the Super Bowl is real and they're invested and they've come out to the time. By the way, tonight, Tyus Bowser show, Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Um, we know for sure that Baltimore's own Malik Ham is going to be joining us tonight, which is very cool. We, we love Malik. Um, awesome story. 
you know, you don't see that very often going from the Patriot League to the NFL. So we're excited about that. Maybe another guest? Maybe? Like, we've been poking around a little bit to see if anybody else might be able to join us. Um, it, the Ravens were kind of rewarded after the result of Sunday with you don't have to come to work again until Wednesday. So some of the guys decided to take advantage of that. And I don't blame them. They earned that. Like, I don't blame them at all. But it was a little bit disappointing. It, it made a life a little bit. We've had a, some, a stretch of bad luck, and that added to the bad luck. I got that text from Ty. It's like, hey, man, you're, you're not going to believe this. Oh, man. And I was like, what? He's like, uh, nobody has to go in until Wednesday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's disappointing because you won't see them to, to reconfirm. He's like, yeah, it actually means a lot of them are making plans <laughs> and enjoying their little respite for a couple of days, like, it's sort of a delayed New Year's gonna go mm. like ah, aha, I see. But um, appreciate Malik stepping up. He's gonna come out tonight, which is cool. If you haven't had the opportunity to meet him, this is to me this is one of those like low key, really cool things where this could be a guy that's gonna be a contributor for the next five years. And before he's significant, you have the opportunity now to to get out, get in there, meet him, get your pictures, your autographs tonight. And he's a Baltimore native, which makes it all the more uh, cool. So definitely Malik Ham. We're still poking around. We might maybe have a fun, you know, couple of guests tonight. We'll see. Mm. But definitely Malik Ham joining us tonight. Mother's North Grill and Timonium. Tyus Bowser show a partnership with Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's all brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. I don't know what else there is to say about the Ravens. We'll continue to talk about them throughout the course of the morning. I mentioned all the guests. Do you want to quickly do either Pat's or Picks recap here? Um, we do Pats here just because the game. You want to do Pats? We're, we're two days removed from the game. It's a big like, game. There was a moment when I was getting ready to do Pats this morning. In fact, two things occurred. Yesterday, I almost took Pats to the radio show. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I was like, man, we're going to do this two days removed. Like, that seems like a weird bit. But then I thought about it. Like, you guys will probably do that next Monday because there's a Saturday yeah. game. I'm like, all right, we can, we've done two days. I guess two days not the end of the world. But... I also didn't remember everything. <laughs> like, I, I put a list together, and then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, my God, how did I forget this guy? Like, I just thought of the guys that, that came to my mind first. Um, as you know, Pat's on the ass. You know how it works. You pick five Ravens. You rank them five to one, with number one being your man of the match. Your list must include two offensive players, two defensive players, and then your fifth can be a special teams player, a coach, or another offensive player, a defensive player. I, 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 it's going to be really difficult for me to be mad. I know I've said that before, and Griffin still tried to push me. <laughs> it's going to be really difficult for me to be yeah, mad about anything. Figure out how I did it, did it this week. Lots of candidates this week. <laughs> Lots of them. Um, for example, I don't know that my number five was actually the fifth most important player of the game, but my number five didn't allow a single pressure or a single sack during the course of the game. And while I thought the offensive line as a whole was was largely good on Sunday grading a bit on a curve, Ben Cleveland gets my number five spot because he had to step in for Kevin Zeitler, who's been, I I think, the Ravens' Probably, best offensive yeah. lineman. I mean, it's him or Linderbaum. I don't know. The only thing you can knock on Linderbaum, I guess, would be that safety, like that, that bad yeah, snap. Yeah, the they snap, had right, yeah. right. But we, we won, they won that game, so. They did, that's true. So, you know, all's well. Done. I mean, but both of them have been outstanding. Yeah. Those two have been the best two offensive linemen. However you want to grade them, I think Kevin Zeitler's been like 1A and, and Linderbaum 1B, but I'll listen to any argument. 
you're stepping in for, to me, the guy that I think has been this team's best offensive lineman all season, and he was great. And obviously, part of our feeling was, oh, God, it's Ben Cleveland. And that does matter in this. Like, Mm -hmm. part of this is we have thought zero of Ben Cleveland. We have thought Ben Cleveland is not really an NFL player. And this was the first time we came away from saying, maybe Ben Cleveland can be a factor. Like, maybe he can factor in to the Ravens moving forward. I thought Ben Cleveland was great. Obviously, no sacks, no pressures. Ben Cleveland's my number five. Um, Yeah, that's a good pick for number five. My number five, I guess I'm going to go with... Thanks, Griffin. What? Yeah, you're welcome. I approve. <laughs> um, I guess I'll allow it. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to go with him as a special teamer, I guess. But he had, I mean, I think probably his best game as a pro, Justice Hill, is my number five. Um, he was a big factor in the past you're game. You allowed three offensive players. And yeah. He, he was more to me. I get yeah, he the, was. I get the return was big. but Yeah, and I guess because the return, maybe put it on Tylen Wallace for the block and Pat Ricard for the for the block, um, or, or Chris Horton, I guess, for, right. for, for, for as uh, Baldinger put it, what, a counter right, left side return or something? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, he put I a didn't quick see video. Yeah, okay. he, and, um, but, yeah, so great return by Justice Hill, and plus, I mean, he was – he, yeah, was he, running, was a, he ran He ran great, and he was a big I, factor in the past game. The initial list I made, he was on the list, and then I took him off because I forgot to put – I'll tell you in a second <laughs> who I forgot, which Mark. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, number four for me is Arthur Millette, and it was difficult for me to pick who the second off the, – the, the first defensive player was easy to me, and if your second one was Geno Stone, I'll hear you on Geno Stone. I'll hear you on Patrick Queen. I'll hear, you know, I'll hear you on a few different guys. Um to me, I, this is a little bit me recognizing Arthur Millette. And I was actually texting with a friend of mine who's a Steelers fan during the game. And I got to acknowledge, when they signed Arthur Millette, I'm like, who is this scrub? <laughs> like, who is this guy they're picking up off the trash this heap? Is, this is Robert Jackson. Or, and, yeah, w- uh, was that the guy's name? Yeah, I Robert think it was Jackson? Robert Jackson. I thought it was, wasn't it or William? Am I combining somebody? Am I combining yeah, somebody? wasn't William Jackson the... I don't Robert know. Jackson. I don't... Was there, yeah, it was Robert Jackson. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. All right, anyway. UNLV. Okay, sure, I believe you. They put somebody on the field named Andrew Adams, and I tweeted on Sunday, there's no way this is a real football player. This is a, uh, an 18th, or 19th century Secretary of State, and then I actually searched Andrew Adams. Not that, but he served in the Continental Congress in the 1700s, so I was close, close. Um, Arthur Millette has been damn serviceable for this team. And I get it, there have been moments that weren't great early on in the year, but Arthur Millette, the impact he's made both as a rusher and pressed into duty a little bit more given how banged up they were on Sunday, Arthur Millette has been like the definition of serviceable. He has been a helpful piece, man. And the fact that, again, they were deep enough this year, it's insane to me that they they played without Brandon Stevens, without Kyle Hamilton, and without Marlon Humphrey for the overwhelming majority of the game, and they were largely fine. That's bonkers. Bonkers, that's where we are. And I get, like, it was tough again. I did debate, like, Ronald Darby I thought was deserving of credit for this. But Arthur Millette, as a playmaker, as a guy who continues to impact the game in multiple ways, been a really underrated pickup. Arthur Millette's my number four. Yeah, uh, he's going to be higher on my list. I thought Arthur Millette had a great game. He's had a great season. I can't put him over the other three guys. Um, I put Roquan as my number four. Uh, I just the, the interception. I like, can't put him over Roquan. <laughs> I did. I mean, if your point is that you think that Roquan early on struggled, maybe like he did, but 
and the, he was just Roquan. The, the I, plays I mean, that he made were far too the, important. The interception uh, from Roquan was was incredible. I mean, just just to just kind of stick his arm out there. It, it Miami was about to go in a, go in two minute and possibly because they were only down by eight at that time, and then instead he gets an interception. Ravens score, and uh, they they quickly go up by two scores uh, going into halftime, and yeah, I mean, and help pretty much put it away. So uh, Roquan was my, num- my number four. I thought he uh, just as as he's been all season, he was incredible. All right, he's definitely my number two. Um, the the two plays are the most important defensive plays of the game, right? First, obviously, the interception is the most important defensive play of the game, and then the second one is that both his coverage and his tip on the Geno Stone interception, and given again the circumstance of just that was the one moment where maybe they were inviting the Dolphins back into the game in the second half those are the two most important defensive plays of the game so while he might have struggled in the early going Roquan Smith made the most important defensive plays of the day Roquan Smith's my number two my number three is Isaiah Likely like I mean what are we doing and that was the guy that I initially left off the list and I was like what What, am I drunk it's it's arguably I can't believe I'm saying this because you know think about if we really got to Man, this would be a good bit for next week, and of course I'm not here, and I'm not sure it's it's something for Stan. But the plays of the year, whew, it's almost impossible, right? Because you just think yeah. about how many. I mean, it was because well, Roquan makes a one-handed catch, and then likely comes right two play, three plays later, but whatever it was. He did it on fourth and seven. Yeah, yeah. He did it in a spot yeah. where the Dolphins could have gotten the ball back with really good field position in a game that was still close at that point. That is as high leverage as high leverage gets to make that play. Isaiah Likely is a star. There's no more like he's been a good fill-in or he's gotten the... Isaiah Likely is a star. Isaiah Likely is maybe a top eight tight end in the NFL. How are the Ravens so good at finding mid-round tight ends? Um, I mean... Like to be fair, that somebody would point out they also used a first round pick on Hayden Hurst, right? Like they yeah, had to, yeah. they've traded off a little bit there. Max Williams was a second round pick. Like it's it's weird, and that, not to say Max Williams but was Des bad. Pettit was fourth round. Yeah, Nick Boyle. I I we're gonna do the whole list. I get it. Todd Heap was a first round pick. Um, bonkers. And remember, Ed Dixon was selected before Dennis Pitta, but also Ed Dixon had a hell of a career. He's just not the same pass catcher. Ed Dixon was one of the great blocking tight ends of that era. Um. Isaiah Likely is a star, is a next-level star. And I, I am just salivating about the idea of those two dudes on the field together next year. Like, I, it's, it's, it really is like the thing. It's LeBron James, I can't believe this is my life, right? Like, the Ravens have good players. And they, they, they don't do this. They don't put together. I'm not worried about pass catchers at all this offseason. Beckham's going to be back. Bateman's back. Flowers is back. Andrews is back. Likely is back. It's an area of strength. What is my life? What is going on in the world? Isaiah Likely is my number three. Uh, he so. was my number three as well. And then, I mean, I guess so. I guess you will be mad at my list. Arthur Millette was my number two. I thought he was. I'm not mad. Without just, without Kyle Hamilton, could, without Brandon Stevens, I get it. I just without couldn't without put him Humphrey. above Roquan. I'm not Arthur mad. Arthur Millette. I thought he was everywhere, and uh, he was great. But I just couldn't. extremely just and and given you know who is this guy? As you said, who is this guy? 
Um, I thought he was. It's funny because probably one of the best. He was my, one of the best players. My, on the, my, on the, the field. Steeler friend friend of mine that I was texting with was like, "Dude, if you would ask me, I would have told you that I thought he was going to be helpful, and I didn't like the fact they let him go." I was like, "Wow, I don't remember hearing that from anybody when the Ravens signed Arthur Millet." God, he's been uh, he's been helpful. Um, look, you know, just retire it. We'll call it the what yeah, the, the Lamar, Lamar Jack- yeah the Lamar Jackson man of the match. We can just do that. Um, you know, there's nothing else to say. I, I, you can't say anything else. It's crazy to me that Lamar Jackson had been having an MVP season and yet delivered his best performance after he had already taken over as being the MVP of the league. Just breathtaking. And he's on such a different level. And it's, look, I can't guarantee anything in these playoffs. I can't. I cannot tell you that the Ravens won't still be susceptible or that something can't go wrong or that the wrong injury couldn't. I can't. I can't tell you any of that stuff. But the confidence that you have right now is entirely based around that young man, the way that he's playing. I saw a couple of people make the argument that it's more impressive than 2019 because it's not any longer in a Greg Roman offense. It's a different thing, what he's being asked to do. The game is so slow for him right now. Now, part of the story on Sunday was the amount of time that he had to throw the ball because he was given plenty of time. But part of it is... He is above every, it's like transcendent. He is above NFL competition. Does he still miss an occasional throw? Yes. He's not perfect, perfect, despite the fact that his passer rating says so. But he is about as close to perfect as there is. And his attention right now, the zone that he's in about changing his narrative about this has always been about Super Bowls to me. I I just don't care about this other stuff. I'm not allowing myself to get too high about it. I'm staying as focused and as driven as I possibly can. We don't have to take a break. uh, We'll call him in Oh, we'll take a break is what you're saying. Well then, that's different. (laughs) thought Griffin was telling me to take... We have signals in uh, radio. (laughs) This one, where you're like breaking a stick. That's, That's take a break. And I thought Griffin was informing me to take a break, and I was saying, we didn't have to. It's, we're okay. Um, anyway, Lamar is, it's just otherworldly. It's just, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Uh, continue to get me yours. I'm sharing them throughout the course of the day at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, your pat's on the ass for the Ravens win over the Dolphins. All right, uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, so is it when we come back in? Yes, when we come back in. All right, when we come back in, we're going to chat with our buddy Evan Washburn from CBS. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. 
Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on a Tuesday edition of GCR. Hey, um, a couple of things. One, I don't think there's going to be a Project Game Day this week. I just in discussing it with uh, everybody involved... The fact that the game doesn't matter, and who knows, wait, like when would we start? Uh, have the Ravens kind of given up by halftime? Like I, I, I don't know. So we, and also I'm going away anyway. On top of it, so I think we're going to make the executive decision: no project game day for the finale, but we will be doing them for the playoffs. So make sure you join us at Facebook.com/slash/PressBoxSports and YouTube.com/slash/PressBoxOnline. Project Game Day is brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. 
Our next guest had a home game this weekend as he was working the broadcast for CBS. The Ravens win over the Dolphins and maybe another home game to be had here in a few weeks. He is, of course, our friend, CBS NFL reporter, Mr. Evan Washburn, and he's back with us here on GCR. Evan, Happy New Year, man. Thank you, as always, taking the time for us. Really appreciate you doing it. Yeah, no problem. Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, um, I, I was really something that came up during the broadcast, and I, I will talk about how good the Ravens are because they're unbelievable. But and I, I'm assuming that you were there for this conversation, and it really stood out to me. Charles brought up late in the game that Lamar had mentioned during your guys' production meeting that in 2019 he did feel like the layoff, you know, during but, but from the fact they didn't really play anybody in the final week of the season and then had the bye it might have impacted him. Were you in on that conversation? And do you wonder at all if maybe his preference might be to get out there like a little bit this week just to kind of stay loose ahead of having the bye next week? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was there. We talked about it. It was part of a just overall discussion about the 2019 experience and what he and the team took from it and how it's impacted their approach to this year and their mentality. And then specific to the the playing time in in that I think it was a Steelers game in that one that our crew yeah. I think did um, it it was something that that he acknowledged now the, what bearing that has on the decisions this week uh, I I don't know I still don't think it'll have that much of an impact I mean you just watch Bradley Chubb go down with that torn ACL and a point in the game where he should not have been in there and it's just it, it's a reminder uh, an unhealthy reminder I should say sure for the, the value of these guys and when they're not going to impact the outcome, um, it, it seems like a, too much of a risk to keep them out there. I understand exactly what you're saying, Evan. And, and I have always been team like no way, no hell, no chance. But I'm in a weird place now with how much I trust this young man. Like I have so like so much insane trust in, in how he sees the game and the zone that he's in. That and, and, you know, not recklessly. Like, if he said, dude, I'd like to play the whole game, I would say, okay, no no, no, thank you, Chief. That's not happening. But if it was more about, hey, I want to keep preparing this week, I want to keep acting like I'm going to play all throughout the week, and maybe even just take some snaps, like go out for the first series, hand the ball off a couple of times, I, I have such trust in Lamar Jackson right now that if that's what he asked for, I'd almost be inclined to let him do it just because I, I think he is feeling and understanding himself and the game in a way that I have seen very few people do it in, in modern history. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said, except for the fact that if one snap on a Sunday or I guess it's a Saturday yeah. afternoon yeah. game is going to dictate whether or not you play well two weeks later, then you've got bigger problems. Um, uh, overall, uh, I like the idea of preparing like you're going to start, and that, that makes it tricky for Tyler Huntley or Josh Johnson or Malik Cunningham. But um, whatever Lamar needs Saturday or Monday through Saturday pregame, he gets it. But yeah. if it's me, you're not playing because right. you're too valuable. Right. I I I completely that there is no reward at all. And even if there's a, a 0.1% risk, that means that the risk is greater than the war, reward. I completely get what it is that you're saying. Um, Evan, I, I had this conversation yesterday over on the fan. I, um, but, but Lamar's the MVP of the league, right? Like, that's, that's done. That's, that's over. Besides Lamar, to you, 
what are like the two or three biggest stories or storylines or reasons why we sit here on January 2nd with the Ravens definitively being the best team in the NFL? So storyline specific to this team as to why they are as good as they are. Yeah. Like what, what, yeah. A, what, what attributes? Besides, okay, would, besides would, would, the greatness of Lamar Jackson, which we all recognize is like none of this happens without Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no, I mean, I, my 1B or uh, a right behind him at 2 would be the, the building and performance of this defense over the course of 16 games. And that goes back to, to training camp and the moves that at the time – Look, you and I might have talked about on this show, guys like Jadavion Clowney and Kyle Van Noy being like, oh, that's interesting. Or that maybe is that desperate? Does that yep. mean they're yep. in trouble that they had to go that, that route? And just how well those have worked out. And the fact that Mike McDonald has, has built himself into one of the best defensive coordinators in the league and, and a guy who will get plenty of looks as a head coach this offseason if he wants them. And the continued emergence of Roquan Smith as – Ray Lewis 2.0 without some of the pregame uh, bravado, even though he has his own version of it. So I, I think that that's to me as, as big, uh, again, not as exciting as what Lamar's done and they won't get a hardware like he will as an MVP. And then I, I would go probably after that to the, the wide receivers, Zay Flowers, most notably look Odell Beckham jr. And Rashad Bateman haven't made uh in terms of production as probably much as people would hope, but they make those big plays and we saw that Sunday, but then Zay's just been absolute revelation. So I think that's probably your next storyline in giving Lamar confidence on the outside that he can chuck it downfield to guys that are going to make big time plays. And then, and then probably lastly, just what kind of the staff led by John Harbaugh has done in kind of building out the mentality of this group and, it's a, it's a version of what we've seen with Ravens teams before where they really feed on this idea of doubt and being underdogs. But the, the term I keep using, it's, that stuff is, is good and, and powerful and useful for them and everybody. But to me, there's just more of an edge with this group. And they got better throughout the year. They really improved after games like the Colts' loss or the Steelers' loss or even the Browns' game where – it would surprise me if those things happened now. And that's a testament to the staff really pressing themselves with these players to get better over the course of the season. It's so funny, Evan, because my three were the emergence of the edge rush, the wide receiver depth, and the coordinators, right? But the, what you bring up about John Harbaugh, and I have been called a John Harbaugh apologist in the last couple of years when everybody wanted to yell and scream about you know, that one playoff win in the last decade, and I said, "Hey, there's no context to that. Like, you're, 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 you're saying this, and it doesn't mean what you think it means." I, to me, this has been a masterclass this year, and I, I don't think he's getting nearly enough credit for it. I, I, I get the Kevin Stefanski's probably going to be the coach of the year because you, you lose your quarterback, and you're arguably better after that point. Like, I, I understand why that's going to end up making him coach of the year. But my God, the leader of men portion of what it takes to be a head coach. I, I don't know that there's ever been an example, and, and people will bring up 2019, and I get there's an argument for it, but the way that he seems to have a feel for this team and what to do with these guys in certain situations and the way that they respond to him, I, I don't think that John Harbaugh is getting nearly enough credit 
for I, I there are good players and there are all of that, but I think he's responsible for far more of what's happened this season than a lot of people want to acknowledge. I think that, I think that's fair. I, I think he's an incredible coach, but I, I view him almost like a CEO yeah. and just the decision he makes, the decisions he makes in April, May, June, July, into August, and, and the impact those have in December and now into January, to me, are the mark of, of a great head coach. And I think that's what gets lost in the hiring cycle every year. It's who's the best play caller, who, who's leading the best offense. Mike McDonald will be a version of this. Who's leading the best defense? And, and look, that's a nice way to separate folks, but to me it comes down to your ability to run a building and John along with Eric Costa have run this building to an absolute T and I think that's as much a reason why this team's where they is and there's so many great examples of it to Devion Clowney's uh, uh, having a resurgence and a renaissance of his career and I don't think that happens in many buildings in the league because it hasn't happened in recent years and Kyle Van Noy is an example like just th- those guys are just a couple of many um, that, that fall into a category of that, that culture term um, that, that really matters. Evan Washburn is with us here on GCR. Evan, I, I think the other thing, too, is the depth. And, and we talked about it with the wide receivers. But I, I, I don't know. Is, is Isaiah likely maybe a top 10 tight end in the NFL? Like it's, <laughs> I, it's crazy to me when I look at this and say, I, you know, you and I have had this conversation how many times over the years. We're going to go into an offseason where pass catching isn't even going to be a thought about where the needs are for the Baltimore Ravens. It's not like, you know, maybe you want to add somebody else for the sake of doing it, God bless, but it's in the depth part of this. Arthur Millette playing the way that he's been playing, where they were able to get from guys on in the secondary on Sunday, the fact that they went out and got a Ronald Darby, you know, we've already talked about Jadavion Clowney and Kyle Van Noy who weren't depth. They were, you know, pushed into play. It, it is crazy to me. It's it's funny because we look at this this Saturday in this game and saying, hey, you know, that the Steelers are favored because the Ravens can't really play their guys. Well, like the the guys the Ravens are going to be playing of the guys that have been playing recently. Like I I don't know that that there's a reason to think there's going to be some extraordinary drop off other than at the quarterback position. Yeah, it, it's been incredible. And and look, I think Isaiah Likely's playing like a top 10 tight end right now where that stacks up and the sustainability of that um, is worth watching. And I've noticed the reason at times you can see depth thrive is one because of the staff and not the head coach, not even the coordinators, the position coaches. And I, I think this, this staff is, and again, this is a testament to Harbaugh is littered with just incredible position coaches and their ability to onboard guys mid season take backups or third stringers and make them starter caliber, at least for a game or a series or a quarter, whatever is necessary. Um, But I also think backups play better when they're around stars all the time. I I think it it elevates and that's where it happens on the practice field. It happens in the meeting room. It happens uh, in the weight room. So if you've got Lamar, you've got Roquan, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., and you've got stars pretty much every level on both sides of the ball, those second, third, and fourth string guys, like they're getting better from being around those quality of of people and players. And I think that's another way to foster depth. Uh, Evan, there is, of course, the thing, right? Like there's the, the, the lack of playoff success in the Lamar era, and that will come back up here in a couple of weeks when the Ravens get ready to play a game. 
And there will be plenty of comparisons to the fact that they were rolling in 2019 and they looked unbeatable and they turned around and lost. I I have made the case for why I think this is different. Now, I acknowledge that football games are crazy, and, and I don't know. Goofy things can happen, and we don't even know who the opponent's going to be, anything like that. But do you have the feel that this is a different team and a better team than even that team that was rolling in 2019 going into the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, look, that that was an incredible team season, what they did. And I love their energy, their swagger. Uh, but it's it's clear there there's a different approach this year. And I touched on it off the top. They're very they're very singularly focused in a way that feels like they're almost not, I mean, look, that locker room was uh, on fire after they won and, and Harb's dance and stuff. But look, I, I've interviewed Lamar a bunch after games and he's, he's always a good time. He's in a different headspace right yeah. now. I mean, yeah. I, I was pushing him to enjoy yeah. the moment right. and he wanted nothing to do with it, which I appreciate uh, it made for, you know, uh, an interesting and funny dynamic over the course of whatever it was a minute and a half, but it speaks to, him again going back to where we started with this thing remembering what it was like to win the division win the overall one seed and they're doing big trusts and it's all you know joking at the podium and then man they got embarrassed in prime time on a Saturday night in the divisional round like that lives with everybody who was a part of that team so if you ask if they're better I don't know if they're better that team was awesome that that did what they did in 2019 I think they're just they're built differently and their mentality is different and I, I do think at least for this version of the Ravens, it's uh, it's an effective tool. But you're right. Crazy things happen in this league, yep. just like I wouldn't have expected San Francisco to get boat raced by Baltimore, and I didn't think the Dolphins were either. So yeah. it, it speaks to anything can happen over the course of four quarters in a football game. Who's the biggest threat to you in the AFC right now? Besides, you know, Again, obviously the Ravens is the answer, but besides, who's the biggest threat to the Ravens in the AFC? Whew. I want to say Cleveland um, I get it. because I've seen them a bunch and they're just similar to what's going on here in Baltimore where you kind of feel something special brewing. Theirs is a much, much different brand of special, but like all you need this time of year is belief and, and skill and quality defense and guys that can make plays and, and, and Cleveland's got that. Um, and then, so I would say Cleveland and it's just hard to quit Kansas City. I know that sounds bad right now just because it, it's been such a odd run here over the last month. But uh, if I had to, you know, push came to shove, I'd probably say Cleveland's the, the scariest team. Because that defense, too. Yep. you got Miles Garrett on the other side. That can that can make this, this offense for Baltimore look human. And look, they, and they already did it. Yeah, they, so imp- they, they, they imposed the their will. Doing it in this stadium. Uh, Evan, that's the only team. Like, I think the other two games the Ravens lost, the Ravens you know, like beat the Ravens in those games. The only team that I think genuinely beat the Ravens this year was the Browns imposing their will in that second half in Baltimore. So I... I don't think it's crazy at all to say, hey, I, maybe they've got something. Maybe they have some sort of emotional edge, and obviously we know that that would be a, a wild week if the Ravens. Yeah, where do you come down on that? Would you? I, I want to see it happen. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ignore that. Yeah. I, I love good yeah. scripts and good Hollywood moments, and man, there's nothing better than good old good old Joe rolling back in here. Uh, 
to, uh, to to face his old team the divisional round. Evan, for what we do for a living, yeah, you want it to happen, <laughs> right? Like, my God, you don't even really have to, to work that week. Like, it's all done for right. you if it ends up playing out that way. Um, uh, and I, you know, I think like you, you know, because we were, we were covering the team on a day-to-day basis back then, I, I like Joe, and it's it's been conflicting. Oh. You know, like I... I've been telling anybody who'll listen. I've done two of his three, or uh, yeah, I've done two of his games where he's been starting and winning, and it's just it's been a blast to to spend time with him, just to see where he is and his headspace right now and the run he's on, and the beauty of it from the outside, the national perspective, is everyone's kind of having his love affair, and he's the same guy he was for right. eleven years. Right. It's just a different packaging, um, and it's amazing. It's a it's a healthy reminder of um, how silly this all is sometimes because he hasn't changed. <laughs> we, everyone yeah. around him just changed. The, the funny part, I've joked about this before, I, it was his father once called him painfully dull. And I was like, man, I, I don't get what, you know, obviously I, he gave me some of the great answers of all time um, yeah. <laughs> during the times that I was around him. Like I always liked conversations with Joe. I thought he was really interesting and was was willing to talk about things that a lot of guys in this league protect themselves from or just say, I don't really want to go there. Like, Joe never had a problem with it. I think he's an interesting cat, man, and this has been – it has been conflicting, I think, for a lot of people in Baltimore. Where, like, when the games are going on, you can't help yourself. Like, you're rooting for that guy, even though what you just said was you turn around and say, right, but they are dangerous as hell. <laughs> like, it is a very Well, I would say game. to any Ravens fan, you should root for him uh, every every game he's playing it's not against your team because right. he did something for the city no along with the rest of the members of that team that they'll never forget so um i don't know i just love that he's getting his flowers probably you know 14 yeah. years too late uh where uh, where's week 18 take you i will be in new york for giants eagles get to see what's going on with Sheesh. the silly team as they try and Turn this thing around as best they can going into the playoffs. Man, it is uh, it has been alarming. I have no idea how to explain what's happened there because we're not watching every game. But man, it has been weird, weird watching that unfold. Um, at Evan yeah. Washburn, of course. Is there anything else I can plug for you, man? No, just uh, just plowing along here. We still got uh, playoffs and Super Bowls on CBS, so that'll be a blast. And um, yeah, excited for the the second season. And then, uh, and then you and I can talk lacrosse for uh, a little while after that. We'll, uh, we'll That's that right. That It'll be well. here before you know it. All right, uh, Evan, always love you and appreciate you, brother. Happy uh, New Year to you and your family. Thanks so much, as always, for hopping on with me, dude. Yeah, great to catch up, buddy. See ya. Evan Washburn with us here on GCR. Um, I, they asked me that this morning on VEASAN. They were like, hey, you know, who's, who's the teams that you, you kind of don't want to see? And I'm like, I, the Browns are at the top of the list. Even – I've turned on that one from the conversation that we had about the Browns and the Bills on Would You Rather Wednesday. I don't remember what I finally gave as like my definitive answer. It's definitive for me now. It's not, and it's a little bit the Joe Flacco thing. It's way more the reminder of, Reed and I were talking about this yesterday. There's been one team that I think has actually beat the Ravens. The Rams were the closest. I think the Rams are more impressive than the Colts or the Steelers were. The Colts ran the ball well, and they deserve credit for that, but that was still the Ravens bungled that at the end of the game. The two most impressive teams against the Ravens this year have been the Rams, who to me 
I think are the second most likely team to win the NFC. And the Browns. And the Browns were the only team that really ever imposed their will against the Ravens all season long. And I don't think they can run the ball quite the same way without Deshaun Watson, the threat of Deshaun Watson on the field. But they're still running the ball pretty well. And the Ravens are susceptible to the run, as we were reminded early on against, you know, Devon Achan and the Dolphins on Sunday. So, I don't know. That's the only team. I don't know that the the Browns can win a Super Bowl, whereas I think the Bills can win a Super Bowl. But just the uniqueness of the matchup, I think I'm more fearful of the Browns at the moment. But boy, what a week it would be. Oh, boy, boy. It would be a week. When we come back in, Mike Martz is going to join us. We'll talk more about what the Ravens are doing offensively, the greatness of Lamar, all of those things. The former NFL head coach next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. 
six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Hey, Stan the Fan is going to get back in action this week. Um, I, I, It might be a little bit delayed. He's a little under the weather, so I'm not sure if they're going to do the baseball show today. But planning to get back to action this week and getting back to the pattern of doing two shows a week for you. Um, just don't know. I, I apologize. I was going to tell you today, hey, they're going to be talking baseball, him, Ross, and Luke. And they're planning on doing that every week. Throughout 2024, just don't know if it's going to happen this week because Stan uh, let us know yesterday that he's just uh, he's a little feeling a little sick at the moment. A lot of people are in town. I get it. It's rough. By the way, if you are, we ask that you don't come out to the Tyus Bowser show tonight. And I mean that. We want to have you there. Tyus is going to be there. Malik's ha- Malik Ham is going to be there. We're going to have a great time at Mother's North and Timonium. But if you are sick... Please stay home. Stay home. I speak on behalf of your coworkers. I speak on behalf of everybody in town. If you're sick, please stay home. And I get it. It's that time of year. A lot of people feeling sick. So I don't know if that was a what, what do you, how you describe that. Not a sermon, just a thought. You're sick. Stay home. Enough of the tough guy routine. Like I'm a gamer. I'm gonna no, no. You're sick. Don't bring it out and share it with the rest of us. Thank you. little PSA from your friend, Glenn Clark. Let's talk a little more Ravens. Obviously, the number one seed in the AFC, the top team in the NFL overall, heading into Week 18. Joining us now, longtime NFL head coach and offensive guru. Now he's with the 33rd team, and he's been watching a lot of what the Ravens have been doing this year. He is Coach Mike Martz, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Always great to catch up. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Happy New Year, Glenn. It's, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, obviously we are, uh, you know, it's about the happiest New Year you could possibly imagine here in Baltimore, Coach. Um, oh, sure, yeah. I, you know, this starts with Lamar, of course, and I'm wondering, as much as you've watched him over the years, if you've gotten a feel for his evolution, and, and I think a lot of people have compared – the, you know, the Ravens' circumstance of 2019, and part of why I have greater trust in the Ravens right now is because I have greater trust in Lamar, as good as he was in 2019, and he was brilliant in 2019. I think he's actually better at this point. Are you seeing the evolution of his game and his decision-making that he might genuinely be better than even the first time he was MVP of the league? And not even close. It's not even close. He's not even remotely the same guy. And I say that not because he wasn't good before, but um, 
they've made a commitment uh, to improve uh, what he does in the pocket. Uh, they, in the past, I think, because uh, he's so talented, um, you know, he was quick to take off with it at times and make plays with his legs and extend plays and all that. So the timing of the passing game that's inherent in most NFL teams might not always be there. Uh, they, in the off season and camp, however they did it, he, and he obviously he this is something he wanted as well. He looks really terrific as a pocket quarterback, which he didn't in the past. And by that I mean not not skill wise, he's always had that ability to throw the football accurately and very well. But just to stay in there and be comfortable and go through a progression of some sort and make decisions and get the check downs and whatnot and and let and, and let the whole play kind of be uh, you know be created and and react to what the defense is doing instead of just one and done kind of a deal. And, uh, he he's just absolutely up to the game as a passer. It's, it's really a lot of fun to see. What what jumps out at me, coach, and I don't know if you can speak to us. The game looks slowed down for him to me. Like it. No, no question. He just. Yeah. He, and, no and, question. Go ahead. No, it's no question. That's part of the transformation, though, and that's and a lot of that's a coaching deal too. They they constantly talk to him about. So much of the, you play the game with your eyes as a quarterback, and you have to slow your eyes down a bit and be comfortable in in what you're looking for and what you see. Instead, you give him, you never give a quarterback a bunch of opportunities to to choose from on a play. I never did. You come back and this is what we're trying to do. The ball's supposed to go here in this coverage, or if it's not that coverage, it goes over there. End of story. Instead, of just trying to find the open guy kind of deal. And they're very specific about what they wanted to do with his eyes, and, and he's very disciplined in it. And he stays with it. And then the play will break down in itself. It happens in the league, right? That, and then he, he excels. He's, of course, he excels with that. But the discipline of a pocket passer, if you don't have that innately with you, no matter how much you do it or train or whatever, it's not going to happen for you. And he has that, and they just they, they got it out of him, which I think is the biggest part. Um, you, you, coach, I, you don't know this, but but I've been friends with Kurt dating back. To, I used to work in Arizona, and I got to know him then. And he's one of my favorite human beings, and I'm sure he's one of your favorite human beings because he's, you know, your guy, and he's one of the great human beings of all time. But I, one of the things that jumps out at me is the circumstance, right? Like he was in a circumstance that there was a great system, and also he had damn good wide receivers to throw the ball to um, there in St. Louis. How much of this with Lamar is also the the improvements the Ravens made around him to give him an Odell Beckham to draft high level wide receivers the depth they now have at tight end Isaiah likely on top of you know they lost Mark Andrews and they might have another top eight tight end in the NFL with Isaiah likely the way that sure. he's been playing how much of the story sure. of Lamar's evolution also goes with upgrading the circumstances that are around him well uh, there it's tied into it obviously but um I will tell you, though, uh, I, I do think it's all based on trust. And it always was with us, with Kurt, and, every, you know, that when the ball's supposed to be there, it's there, and that you're there where you're supposed to be. Now, I will refer back to early in the season. Flowers fooled him an awful lot early. Hmm. He had some big, big plays of Flowers, and Flowers came out of it too early or wasn't looking. You know, um, there's a blitz I can remember about, Oh shoot! Two months ago, uh, as at home, I can't remember who they're playing, but 
they blitzed him and he went to throw hot to him if I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, so I do remember the evolution that. Of, yeah, the evolution of flowers and the maturity and the confidence and then, you know, the trust that he has in him now. When a receiver knows that you trust him and he understands what he, his role is, receivers have got to see the game through the quarterback's eyes. And you had to play it full tilt the whole time. And once he bought into that, which he did, he's a different guy now too. So his evolution is, is really kind of mimicked what's going on too with Lamar. Is there anything that, that gives you pause to, to, to think that they are, you know, there's a risk here with the Ravens. Like I, I, I almost feel like it's too good to be true a little bit, right, Coach? Like, you know, they they're, they're, they they just throttled the you know the best team in the AFC besides themselves and the best team in the NFC in back-to-back weeks. Like, I, can they really be this good? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they are, obviously. And, and I think the thing that isn't spoken about a whole lot is Rokon Smith. I mean, he's – I mean, couldn't he be an MVP himself? I mean, he's just absolutely – how do you watch their defense and not watch him? Yeah. All he does is you make know, plays. I mean, he is a rocket to the ball. And, um, you know, so there's another addition with, along with Flowers and some of the things they've done to really up that team. The, the team that can beat him is San Francisco. Okay. It's the only team that can beat him in my mind. Now, San Francisco, they had three tip balls that were – and the quarterback didn't play well and all those things. He's a young kid, and, and he'll learn from just as Lamar's learned in the past. They play again, it will be a Titanic. Um, but that's the only team I think at this point they can beat them, and I think that will be the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, but who knows. It would be uh, it would be really good. That would be that would be a heck of a Super Bowl for the NFL to get that. It rematch. wouldn't it be a big one. Yeah, wouldn't it be great to have all that talent there together? Man. Same Man. time, a full distance of the field. Um, Coach, I wonder if you could just give some insight. One of the topics that we're dealing with this week now is how the Ravens go about approaching Week 18. And I realize there's no like definitively correct answer. But there's nothing at stake for them, yet there is also the thing where they're going to have a week off the following week. And Lamar you know, told the, the guys in the CBS uh, production meeting this week that he thought that did impact them back in 2019, that they had went, he had gone two full weeks without really doing anything football-y. Um, how, how would you, as a coach, handle this circumstance going into Week 18 knowing that you're going to have a bye the following week? Well, it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. It's a feel for the team and the guy quarter, you know, playing quarterback. Um, I, I've never felt like you could not play the quarterback when you have the bye. And we've had, we've had that several times in my career and, and um, we always played them a half or into the second quarter or some um, and then got them out of there. I just think you have to be very, very careful because you have, it, it's not really momentum. There's an energy that's, that's going on. There's, you know, you're, you line up every week and you're ready to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you miss that for two weeks, it, you can't, you can't just go back and get it back in the blink of an eye. You know what I mean? And practice, practice is practice. So I think it's important, you know, that they get out and compete for a while and then get out of there. But, you know, uh, and of course, if something would happen to him, everybody, you know, but I've never felt like you can uh, worry about what somebody's going to say. You have to do what's right for your team. And I'm sure coach will do that. But I just feel like when you have that bye week coming up, you need to play him, you know, he, he just needs to play. And God, God willing, he doesn't get, 
injured or anything. You can be careful with them and all that, but they, they just need to be together and compete for a while and dust the, you know, get the dust off and get ready to go. But that's my thought, and that's kind of what we've always done. And down deep inside, I want to play them all the whole game, but, you know, you can't do that. No, of course not. You can't take that risk. But, I Coach, what you speak to, I to me there's another layer to this, which is I just, I don't know, I have such trust in this young man right now to to not put himself in harmful situations. Like, it just... We talk about how slow the game is for him right now, and I get the fluke things can occur and there's risk, but if Lamar said to John Harbaugh, hey, I really feel like it would be beneficial for me to get out there, you know, practice this week like I'm going to play and play a little bit, I, I just have an insane amount of trust in this young man about how he's handling his business and not trying to force things that he'll take care of himself if that's the circumstance. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've believed in that. Um from the get go, like I said, at least a quarter into the second quarter, even. But it's always worked well for us. We've done that in the past. Uh, but you know, it, everybody's different. You know, and he is such a remarkable player at this point uh, to not take any risk. I, I get that too. Uh, we were reminded by the thirty third team on Twitter that that you saw this coming, Coach. All the way back in week two, you were starting to talk about Lamar Jackson as being MVP of the league. You you knew that there was a special season that was unfolding back then. Well, when I saw what Coach Munkin had done with them, and I, I think this is something that you know, and 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 coaches will do this. They take what a player really does well and they just feed it and they feed it, and then the things that they're not really developed in. They just kind of, okay, you know, we'll deal with that. But he went and they took him and they absolutely did a terrific job. And of course, he, you know, this is something he wanted to uh, They got him comfortable in the pocket somehow. And they convinced him to stay in there, not to take off and to go through reads because they knew he could do it. And they practiced. In practice, obviously, he's doing it. And when I saw how comfortable he was and how quickly he could see and react to things. I said, yeah, yeah, this is, this is a new one here now. He's, there's nothing he can't do now. Uh, that was the one thing that was missing is he got too agitated, too nervous, and was too quick to get off of things. And that went by the wayside after week one, and he's a different guy. It's been special for us to watch. We're, as you can imagine, we're having an awful lot of fun here, Coach. It's a, it's a good time to be in Baltimore. Uh, Coach Mike Martz, truly appreciate you. I, I don't even know is you know I know you're doing the stuff with the 33rd team. Anything else you have going on these days? No, I'm trying to get out to uh, San Diego to play some golf here in a few weeks. But. I mean, I mean, <laughs> aren't we all though, Coach? Aren't we? All yeah. to do that. Um, yeah. Coach, happy New Year to you. Always appreciate it. Would love if if this run continues for the Ravens. We'd love to catch up again uh, ahead of the Super Bowl. Thank you for doing this for us. Yeah, I love to do it. Thanks for having me. Coach Mike Martz with us here on GCR. And, yeah, the 33rd team just shared out a video this morning where he was calling the shot all the way back in, in week two. Um, it's, 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 mar it's a marvel. It really is. It's remarkable to behold. And, we, and I've been – I mean this. I brought it up with Evan. I do truly believe – I can't tell you what's going to happen in the playoffs. This is football. None of us knows what's going to happen. Who knew that on fourth and goal, the, the center from Alabama was going to put the ball on the turf and then Milrow was going to, for whatever reason, run right into the middle of the offensive line when there was a giant hole to his left? 
Things happen. Goofy things occur. Lamar Jackson was the best player in the NFL against the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. And a do, do we feel like this group of pass catchers is unreliable in any way? But on that day, they let him down. They were wildly unreliable. I can't tell you what's going to happen. We can't see the future. We know Griffin can't. He's very bad at picking football games this year. It's been, it's been rough. He's had a couple of hits in the bowl season, and that's been, but it's been a rough season for Griffin. There's no getting around it. I don't know. I don't, Griffin, know, I don't know what's... It's just, it, it happens. Every dog has his day. Where, where were you in the competition last year? Um, I don't know. I think it was just pretty buried in the middle. Middle of the ground, yeah. middle of the pack. Like, but we weren't... We're, I don't think on the whole our group was as good last year as it were. Yeah, as a whole year. we were all bad. This year we've been... I've kind of been... I just have been the same as you, I was. You've really brought us down. i got to be honest with you. <laughs> you I brought us down. Really, really brought us down. Um, I... I don't know. We can't know. There's no way to know what's going to happen. The wrong injury could ruin the day. A goofy tip ball could ruin the day. Remember, I'm not trying to suggest that if Tyree Kill catches that ball in the end zone, the Dolphins beat the Ravens. That would be an absurd thing to say about a game where the Ravens won going away. (laughs) They won by 37 points. How dare I... Make that suggestion. But how might it have altered that game if Tyreek Hill catches that ball? Wide open. The best receiver in football this season is wide open, standing by himself, and the ball is put right on him, and he doesn't catch it. Things happen. So I can't guarantee... You have people in your life who are, like, who are only casual football fans, and I'm sure, you know, Griffin, you got this over the holidays, are like, so are the Ravens going to make the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. Yeah, they should. I, but should yeah. they? Are they definitively the best team? Hell yeah, they are. And more specifically, I believe they are definitively better than the 2019 team. I believe they are better at adjusting in-game. We Boy, did we see that on Sunday. Mike McDonald caught on to what the Dolphins' game plan was. And figured it out, solved it damn quick. I think they have better overall defensive playmakers than they had in 2019. I think it's obvious they have a better group of wide receivers than they had in 2019. I get that they had, you know, Mark Andrews in 2019, but in fairness, he played very poorly in the playoff game. One of the sad parts about this year is it doesn't give him the opportunity to kind of rewrite his playoff uh, history. The only thing I don't think they're quite as good at is, you know, the dominant run game. Like, I don't think they can quite do that, but I don't think it's that drastic of a drop-off. I I think it's, you know, they're still really good at running the ball. They're still better than everybody else at running the ball. I think it's a better football team than 2019. I think it's a better Lamar Jackson than 2019. Mike Martz was almost laughing when I asked that question. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's better. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was unanimous MVP Lamar Jackson. And we're saying, this guy's better. I think it's a better team. I can't guarantee anything. 
I don't know. I wish I could see the future. But I absolutely, in my heart of hearts, believe they're in a better position going into these circumstances than they were. Look, they got to get their defensive players back on the field. It's the one thing that you would say, like, if if for whatever reason this thing really does linger with Kyle Hamilton, that's that's problematic. But if they come back in the divisional round of the playoffs with Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey all back out on the field, Pretty good defense. I mean, like, hello. I'm going to feel very good about their chances. All right. If you've not picked up the print issue of PressBox, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you can find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It is our annual best of issue celebrating the top people, performances, and moments of 2023 in local sports. Our Mogaba Sports Person of the Year, Brandon Hyde, and the Team of the Year, the Baltimore Orioles, recognized on the cover. It is a huge issue. It is our biggest issue in terms of pages throughout the course of the year, the amount of effort and work and love that we put into this. We want it to be a definitive yearbook of local sports in that year, so go pick it up for free today at your neighborhood Royal Farms or read it all, pressboxonline.com slash of. All right. Joining us now, he was trying to explain on Twitter about why the Ravens are one of the best teams in modern football history and specifically the DVOA era, and he has been attempting to teach us about it all year long, and I feel like I get smarter every time I talk to him from FTN Network. He is our friend Aaron Schatz, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Aaron, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It is always great to catch up. Happy New Year to you, and thank you so much, as always, for taking the time for us. Hey, no problem, man. Happy New Year to you, and it's a very happy New Year if you're a Baltimore Ravens Boy, fan. is it ever, Aaron. Um, I, what you pointed out, like, you know, everybody sees the numbers statistically, but what the Ravens have done, given the caliber of competition that they have faced this season. And I was just talking a second ago about why I have more trust in this year's Ravens than I did even in the 2019 Ravens who were rolling at this point in the season. It's it's almost unheard of what the Ravens have been doing, right? Right. They're whipping good teams. So the Ravens have actually faced the fifth hardest schedule in the league this year, and they're destroying those opponents. They can't face themselves, by the way. So like, like, that's part of the reason why it's only number five um, is they don't get the benefit of facing the best team in football. I, I, what they're doing, and we all see, like we've all used the terms complete team football. It's something we talked about this team, that it's not just a team with a really good quarterback or a team with a really good offense. Like they are, everything is clicking and the numbers genuinely back that up. Yes, I currently have them second on offense, first on defense, and second on special teams. It's really remarkable. And when you put all that together against the tough schedule and how much they've beaten teams by, they end up as the third best team since 1981 by my numbers, which is just astonishing. And there, There's no question that I have them higher than other advanced metrics, but they just come out as fantastic once you adjust for the quality of the opponents they face. Can, can you explain that to me, Aaron? Because, you know, I again, I've I've trusted you as the godfather of, of advanced stats in football, right? Like, I, you know, I stake everything that I know based on everything that I've learned from you over the years. Why, why do different metrics look at it in different ways 
and what what is it that your metrics see about the Baltimore Ravens that maybe some others don't? Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people use EPA, which is expected points added. Right. And if you use EPA, I believe that San Francisco comes out a little bit higher than Baltimore. Uh, one of the reasons why my metrics likes Baltimore more is the schedule, because yep. San Francisco has played an average schedule, and I adjust for the strength of your opponent. Uh, another is because of down-weighting the fourth quarter. The Baltimore's had a lot of big wins where they did it all in the first three quarters. And so the fact that they didn't play as well in the fourth quarter gets down-weighted. Now, that, that wasn't the case this week. They had a lot of fourth-quarter uh, points against Miami. But in, in a lot of their older uh, blowout wins, they, they pretty much shut it down in the fourth quarter. So uh, there's, there's a few different ways that DVOA attempts to be more predictive by adjusting certain things for context, you know, either way you end up with Baltimore as a really great team, but with my numbers, they're historically great. Um, is there anything the numbers read that's concerning? Like, is there anything I, to us? I think it's the, the run defense that we say, Hey, but we still have a little <laughs> bit of a worry about that. Is there anything that, that you're seeing in the numbers that's concerning? Uh, we have the run defense seventh, So that's not really that concerning. Yeah. Um, I mean, Listen, the number one thing that's concerning is there's still a lot of randomness in the NFL, and you only have to lose one game that's, to lose in the playoffs. Yep. Right? And the list of the best teams by DVOA is filled with teams that didn't win the Super Bowl because they lost that one game in the playoffs, including the 2019 Ravens, as well as like the 2010 Patriots and the 1987 49ers, and of course the 2007 Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. The other thing that's concerning is San Francisco is still really awesome. Yeah. San Francisco is also one of the 10 best teams of all time. <laughs> right. So if we get to the end and it's San Francisco and Baltimore, if you look at the numbers from the books, they would actually favor the 49ers. I would favor the Ravens, but the sports books would favor the 49ers to win in a rematch. So the hardest thing for the Ravens, is that they're not the only team that's like this this year. There's two of them. And you would argue that the 49ers are likely to have a bit of an easier path, right? Like that it just doesn't Yeah. It 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 and again, I you know better than I do, but it feels like there are bigger threats in the AFC than it does feel like there are bigger threats in the NFC to me. Yeah, I have Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami go 3-4-5. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Dallas, Detroit, Philadelphia go 6-7-10. Okay. That's significantly did. It's interesting you mentioned that because I feel like a lot of people. We're t- chatting with Aaron Schatz from um, FTN Network here on uh, GCR. It's it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like here in Baltimore we have greater concern about Cleveland, and I I, I know part of that is the Joe Flat the ghost of Joe Flacco factor, and that you can't measure that statistically. That's some emotional thing, but I also feel like part of it is is watching the. Br- of every team the Ravens played this year, to me, the Rams are the closest. No one's really imposed their will on the Ravens all season long except the Cleveland Browns in Baltimore in the second half where they seem to wear the Ravens down and genuinely beat them. The other games the Ravens lost, you would really argue the Ravens cost themselves those games. Are, are the Browns maybe not quite as good as we think they are based on what we saw in person from them? Yeah, I understand the fear of the Browns. I think it's less, you know, Flacco revenge narrative and more that you lost to them. Right. Like, 
you didn't lose to Buffalo. You didn't lose to Kansas City. You didn't lose to Miami. In fact, you whooped up all over Miami. But um, you did lose to Cleveland. Uh, remember, the first time they played Cleveland, Cleveland had a, a different quarterback, and they beat them 28-3. to yep. So there's like plenty to learn from that game as well. So, yeah, I would say Cleveland's not as good as, as you think they are. Flacco's been like average. As a quarterback, I think people are celebrating it because they're winning games and because it's better than what they had before, but it's not like a great offense or even a good offense. The running game is not particularly good without Nick Chubb and with the injuries that they have at offensive tackle. Right, their interior offensive line is still very strong, but the tackles, you know, the backup tackles right now. And I don't know what's the deal. Amari Cooper should be, you know, healthy by the playoffs, but obviously he's a big part of their offense. So I think uh, Cleveland's had a couple of very high profile wins on national television. And that scares you as well. And, you know, they did beat Baltimore and that scares you as well. But if you look at the overall strength of the teams, Buffalo, Kansas city and Miami are stronger teams than Cleveland is. If I, if I ask it this way, Aaron, I, I, I don't know, you know, if this is a metric thing or again, an emotional thing, is there anything that you can pinpoint that, that, that gives a greatest definition of why the Ravens became this year. Like, I know part of it is Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson. He's just unbelievable. He's capable of doing things that other humans can't do. But we've been trying to talk about, like, what the other storylines are and the impact of the way that Mike McDonald has grown as a coordinator. Or to, like, can, Are there other factors that you can pinpoint as to why the Ravens are this, again, historically good through 16 The pass rush has been fantastic despite not having one like leading pass rusher, who's like a dominant edge rusher. I don't think you would say Clowney is that guy anymore. And Owe and um, Ojabo have had uh, injury issues. Uh, you know, Matt Bikwe has been massively been improved. It's been really good. Kyle Hamilton also, right. Has been, I mean, he's very emblematic because he's such a Swiss army knife of a defensive player, he's very emblematic of the fact that the Ravens defense can do anything, right? Cause he can do anything. So, you know, he'll be healthy and back by the playoffs, I'm sure. So, I mean, I think the defense is what really stands out because we have them as the number one defense, as good as the offense is, yeah. it's the defense that really stands out. No, I, I completely get that. It's funny that you bring that up with Clowney because I, I, I completely agree with you on paper. And then I have to remind myself every time that like right now, and I don't know, you know, maybe you tell me, hey, don't don't read too much into this stat, but like ESPN's analytics have him as the fifth best win rate, uh, edge rush win rate all season long, and I'm like, I, yeah, you wouldn't expect that, right? right? I mean, given his his you know down years that he's had the last couple of years, and Kyle Van Noy has eight sacks. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't expect that either at the age of 32, but um, yeah, I, I mean, they've gotten they didn't come, they don't have a Miles Garrett. Right, they don't have a TJ Watt. Nope. Cl- Clowney may be fifth in win rate, but he's not—he's not perceived in that way like those players are. And yet, their pass rush has been fantastic. Aaron, is there a team that you know that you look at and maybe is just because of how they've risen and and the way they're playing recently that you look at and say maybe again the numbers on the whole aren't great. But if we were watching a team that's coming into form at the moment that could be more of a threat than people are giving them credit for, is there a team that, and, and I, as I say that, the thing, the team that jumps out at me without knowing is the Rams, but is there a team that you see that way just in how you've watched the last couple of weeks go? 
I know the Rams' offense has been really good the last couple of weeks, but their defense is very mediocre. Okay. And they will make some kind of big special teams error. <laughs> Against the Ravens' special teams especially, something will happen. The Rams' special teams are like, one of the 10 worst special teams units I've ever tracked. We, we saw it in Baltimore, right? Like in overtime. We saw yeah. that was that was how that game ended. They will they will something will happen. Okay, so here's the funny thing, right? Like I mean, I would say that um the the best offense against the Ravens defense would be an offense that gets the ball out quickly and distributes the ball in the short middle part of the field, mm-hmm. which is where the Ravens are the most vulnerable. Isn't that offense the Miami Dolphins? Or it's the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's the thing, right? Is that they just beat those two teams. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, rematch, anything can happen in in a rematch. But if you were like to say, you know, what teams would be best, uh, situated to beat, to beat the Ravens, you know, those were the, at least the offenses, those would be the two teams that you would, that you would say so um and then i guess on defense san francisco san francisco would be more of a danger than miami especially now with bradley chubb hurt but also um you know the, the ravens don't have one key receiver for jalen ramsey to take away whereas the 49ers are much more distributed defense and they've got fred warner and drake greenlaw going side to side and so i, I would think the 49 i mean the 49ers are really really good like don't don't look at the bounce of the ball and the way it turned into the Purdy interceptions and go, oh, yeah, man, we'll crush them if we play right. them again because that, that is just not the case. But other than that, I mean, the Ravens, I don't think, I, you know, those are the two teams that seem built to beat them, and they, they whipped both of them. So before, you go. before I let you go, Aaron, we don't need to make a Lamar Jackson MVP case anymore because it's over, right? Like, he's, he's the MVP of the league. There's no debate about it. That said... It's still weird because the statistics aren't overwhelming. He's not the MVP because he's put up, you know, numbers that we've never seen before the way that some quarterbacks have in recent years. In in the the metrics that you do, are you can you define Lamar Jackson in a way and and the season that he's had that goes beyond the simple statistics that everybody tends to look at when we look at MVP? Well, listen, there there is something to the idea that just the wow factor of the plays that he makes are incredible. And uh, he does athletic things and he lifts his team, right? But you can make the same argument about Josh Allen and give Josh Allen more value. And statistically, Josh Allen has more value than Lamar Jackson does. If you want to make a statistical case, you look at the team, right? You look at the fact that the team is number two on offense and you say, okay, a lot of the offensive performance that isn't Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, right? Right, Like the running backs, their no-name running backs are successful in part because Lamar Jackson creates gravity for the run defenses to have to account for him, and that opens things up for their running backs. So if you want to make a statistical case for Lamar Jackson, it's more that the, the team stats are really good, and he is the driving force of that offense, and therefore he's the most valuable player. But, uh, you know, I will say I'm not sure if I'm going to vote for him yet. Interesting. It sort of depends, uh, depends a little bit on what happens with Allen in the last week. And I don't think that putting Lamar Jackson number two or three on your ballot 
is a statement about whether he's quarterbacky enough. <laughs> right? Like it's turned into this weird it's turned yeah. into this weird thing where either you think he's the MVP or you are a racist. I, and that's um, just not true. It's I, just not true. Like you can have an appreciation for Lamar Jackson's greatness, but also think that he might be number two. I'm look, man. This is the way that we are because we're not going to have anything better to talk about for a couple weeks. We'll, we would have pitchforks out. Like you got to understand. Like we got we don't have any football games to discuss for a couple of weeks. Well, that's so. look, I mean, here's the thing about the award season, man. There's no award for best team. Yeah, yeah. Right? They already got I that. Don't to, I don't get to vote for best team and right. be like, look at what the Ravens have done as a team. Look at how amazingly balanced they are, and look at how good all the coaches like. I wouldn't vote for a Ravens for coordinator of the year, but their coordinators have both been among the top six or seven coordinators of the year. And I don't think I'd vote for Harbaugh for coach of the year, but he's definitely been a really good coach. And their defense has been great, but they don't have a defensive player of the year candidate. Although I think Kyle Hamilton's an all pro and Matt Abike is an all pro. Like, like there's no best team award. So all the awards are about individuals and all the individuals are, are, you know, from other teams, the number one, you know, rookie of the year, the number one defensive player of the year are all from other teams. And maybe the MVP is too, but the team, like team wise, this is the number one team. And so now they got to just finish it up and win the Super Bowl and prove it. The good news is even if he doesn't get your vote, I still feel like Lamar is going to end up being the MVP. I so. have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling that even if he doesn't get my yeah. vote, that Lamar Jackson's going to get like 46 or 47 of the first place vote. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's pretty decided that he's going to be the MVP. And it's not like I'm not putting him on my ballot. You two get to vote for five guys. Aaron, uh, can you remind everybody about FTN Network and the work you're doing there? Yeah, absolutely. You find my work at ftnfantasy.com slash DVOA, but don't forget to check out everything at FTN Network because we do a ton of stuff to give you advice for both betting and fantasy. And by the way, multiple sports. You should check out the fantasy baseball guide uh, that I believe still is on sale for the next couple days. Uh, The code is Otani to get a discount on the fantasy baseball guide. And of course, you want a stats plus subscription that gets you all of the DVOA splits and all the historical numbers and all my stuff. And you don't have to pay $70 million a year for it either, despite the code being Otani, which I appreciate. Uh, At A Shots, that's S-C-H-A-T-Z, at A Shots NFL is how you follow them. Aaron, always appreciate our conversations, man. Thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. All right, have a good day, man. Aaron Schatz uh, from FTN Network with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. And um, I, it's funny because it's almost like if you're not now, it's 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 like the Hall of Fame. Getting in isn't enough. Anybody who votes against you, we, we're going to have pitchforks out for. The, if, if Aaron Schatz votes for somebody else and Lamar's not a unanimous MVP, we're going to have pitchforks out. If he's the only one, will that change things? If yeah. it's not if it's not 47, it's it's 49. It'll be awkward. <laughs> but of all people, it'll be interesting that it'll be Aaron Schatz because he's like the least emotionally driven when it comes to these types of like we, we talk about MVP as being a narrative award and like that all of the awards are narrative awards anymore. Like who's got the strongest narrative? It's why again, come back to the player or comeback player. I, at is, this point, I would rather have a Joe Flacco ticket than a DeMar Hamlin ticket for comeback player of the year. Yeah. I think the narrative has pushed so far that direction that it's going to overtake. I think Joe Flacco's winning comeback player of the year. I have no problem with that, by the way. I have no issue with Joe Flacco being comeback player of the year. I mean, we do have to remember 
some of this is silly. Like some of this is the guy came back from death. It doesn't matter what he did. Just the fact that he was able to take a football field. You know, like I don't know how to talk about right. this in a in a fair way. But at the moment, which ticket would I rather hold? I mean, one, I my God, why would you have ever bought a ticket for Demar Hamlin? His odds were astronomical. But I I think Joe Flacco is winning that award. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski is the coach of the year because I think that's the you lost your you know your franchise quarterback and you were just as good i i think that's the narrative that's going to win out in coach of the year because there's not another like i dan campbell to me was always the like front runner to win coach of the year because that was the team that hadn't been good that ended up being good but like part of that is we saw them start getting good last year it's not like they went from being 3 and 14 to winning the division we started to see the, the the tide turn, and it's it's it makes him no less deserving of the award. It's just it goes back to these are narrative things. The narrative is we didn't think the Lions were going to be garbage coming into this season. Remember, we put them on national TV in Week One. We thought they were going to be good. We thought they were going to win their division. So who's the coach whose narrative then stands out the most? For the most part, I, the only one would be D'Amico Ryan's. Right, like that would be the only other coach whose narrative. Does he have to make the playoffs? I mean, to to be can. I feel like he shouldn't have to make the playoffs, but yeah. like I, I think he would, and I still don't know that it wins out over Stefan. I think Stefanski's gonna default to being coach of the year because who's done this? Who's lost their quarterback and been just as good? I guess the the Eagles team that lost Carson Wentz, you know, it's, it's hilarious that we talk about it now in hindsight that way. But remember, at the moment, Carson Wentz was the was the MVP of the league mm-hmm. when he got hurt. So that's the last. And time. but that was still well, that was like week fourteen or what? Yeah, it was a little bit later. Yeah. I think you're right. Than when they lost to Sean Watson. So, so they lost to Sean Watson on November twelfth. I I think that's the narrative that's going to win out for Coach of the Year. I I just don't think I, D'Amico Ryan's. By the way, I still think John Harbaugh should be in the conversation because I don't think it should just be about narratives, but that narrative stands out the most. Go ahead. Um, well, I was, if if like Alex Smith hadn't won comeback as player of the year like two years ago, do you think we would be more inclined to say, yes, it's Tamar Hamlin? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Just because like Alex Smith, like he also had a... You, th- that, you think like, that it set a precedent that whenever somebody goes through something that dramatic that almost, they have to win? Yeah, like... I would, I don't I don't I don't think it's automatic anymore that DeMar Hamlin's going to be and I thought yeah. I think that you're I think you're not stating it the, the like yeah, the yeah, most eloquent yeah. way. I think that we have believed that DeMar Hamlin was going to be comeback player of the year in part because Alex Smith was comeback player of the right, year. Right, okay. Right? Yeah, like yeah. if that's if that's the precedent that exists is that you go through something life altering and just get back to, to playing football that you're the comeback player of the year, then yeah, I think that you know, we all believe DeMar Hamlin was easily going to be the comeback player of the year. It's just that this narrative has it has captured the attention of the country, and DeMar Hamlin hasn't. He just, he's not played football, really. So we've been talking a lot about Joe Flacco and almost none about DeMar Hamlin, and I think it's just changed. Again, these are narrative awards, and that's the narrative right now, is that Joe Flacco's story is the best story. And it is. Let's, it's, that's unfair. DeMar Hamlin was dead. Like, it's not the best. You know, I don't know what to say here. The last five comeback players of the year have been quarterbacks. 
Well, I mean, that's a factor, too, obviously. That's a factor, you know. The offensive rookie of the year is going to be a quarterback. As good as Puka Nakua has been, C.J. Stroud is going to be offensive rookie of the year. And Puka Nakua, you could argue, is – I don't think he's more – take it back. I can't say he's more deserving. But I think there's an argument that he might be as deserving as C.J. Stroud, in part part because Stroud missed a couple of games. But C.J. Stroud's going to be offensive rookie of the year. What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, can we get a break in? Uh, yes. Let's grab a break, and then we're going to talk uh, to Wes Brown about what's going on in the world of high school sports this week. County Sports Zone Radio is next. Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, January 2nd at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, 
Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right. Back in here as we are winding down on a Tuesday edition of the program. It is Tuesday, and on Tuesdays we like to get caught up in what's going on in the world of high school sports. County Sports Zone Radio with our friend Wes Brown. Wes, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Hope you had a great New Year. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, for sure. Happy happy holidays to you. Uh, I know it was a busy week down on the Eastern Shore. A lot of local teams in action at the Governor's Challenge. You want to run down some of the big highlights from the week? Yeah, it was actually a, a thrilling last game with uh, Stephen Decatur uh, beating Dover from, from Delaware by one. Uh, Kareem Bolden had a, you know, game-leading uh, jumper there and then a, a game-sealing steal at the end uh, to, to keep Stephen Decatur unbeaten, one of the one of the few teams that remained unbeaten in, in the whole state. Uh, there were a number of, you know, private school teams that, that lost as well, so they're up there with the likes of Mount St. Joe and whatnot as, as some of the last unbeaten teams left. Uh, obviously, I know it's a huge event. It wasn't just, and that's, that's cooler for them because it's almost like a, a home game, right? But um, wasn't just Stephen Decatur that was impressing uh, down to the Eastern Shore. Yeah, a really big win for Loyola Lakefield, uh, 69 to, or yeah, 69 to 47 over Elizabeth out of New Jersey, um, thanks to a 28 to 9 third quarter um, to, to, to kick things into gear and, and be able to cruise there, there at the end. And then uh, not just them, but also I know River Hill. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was looking through some of the teams and where everything kind of stands as we head into the new year. Um, and, and River Hill boys basketball is um, undefeated, 8-0, um, but they've been doing it in really dominant fashion as of late. Uh, since December 18th, they have an average winning margin of 33 points, um, and they're not just doing that on the defensive end. They, they managed to score 110 points um, in, in one of their last four games here, so definitely a team to, to watch there. All right. He is uh, Wes Brown, County Sports Zone, County Sports Zone Radio. So now moving forward, it's back into regular season and, like, county action moving forward, right, or, or league action uh, for everybody, right? Yep. So all the all, all the counties sort of go back into their you know league play, um, even starting tonight um, to throughout this week. Uh, there there should be plenty of good matchups back with uh, you know normal no, no, normal foes you'll kind of see throughout the season. All right, uh, you're going a little bit off the reservation here for athlete of the week this week. Yeah, yeah. We had a, a late submission last week for a, a, a cool story um, for for signing day. A little little rollover there. Um, Annie Hattel out of uh, Aberdeen High School uh, signed with Princeton Women's Rugby. Wow, um, interesting one. You don't you, you don't really see that much. Uh, it, it's actually a, a new program that elevated to you know an NCAA level out of out of being a club team. Um, they, they, they've had their struggles, you know, here in, in the first couple of years of the program. But um, Annie's going to be a you know part of, part of the foundation of the program. Um, it was kind of cool to see athletes from Maryland who, you know, you don't really even play rugby for school. So it's you know just something she's so good at on the side. Uh, that, that she's able to, to parlay into a, a scholarship there. Am, am I correct that, like, this year's uh, college rugby championships are actually happening at the Maryland Soccer Plex? Like, they're actually happening locally? I believe so. I That's believe so. Which is pretty cool, man. That's a very cool thing. Um, to be paying attention to. And that's that's awesome. What a neat story that is. I'm glad you brought that to our attention. Um, Wes, I don't mean to spring one on you, but I also know that this week is a big week in high school football because it's the Under Armour high school game. Do you happen to know off the top of your head some of the local guys that might be a part of that? Yeah, so um, 
Emmett Laws, uh, who, who's committed to uh, Virginia Tech out of DeMatha, has been performing really well at, at practices, um, as well as uh, Maryland football offensive lineman signee uh, Brian Howerton out of Pilates. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 those two have been been out there this week and, and they'll be taking part in the game. Um, and obviously a five star Jordan Seaton, who uh, um, originally, you know, from BC went to IMG, signed with Colorado. Um, he's he's been one of the top performers all weekend long. So uh, a number of, of local talents that you'll be able to watch. And, and, and Griffin, remind me the name of the young man from Concordia Prep that's participating. Ernest Willer. Ernest Willer. Ernest Willer. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Also participating. That is tomorrow afternoon, four o'clock on ESPN for the Under Armour All-America game down in Orlando. All right, so uh, remind everybody, uh, not just about County Sports Zone, but it's something that's important that's going on at County Sports Zone. Yeah, so so the County Sports Zone Pick'em is back, um, partnered with uh, Angel Fire, who, who some people might, might have used for yeah. uh, NFL and, and basketball and whatnot. Um, basically, we, 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 we launched it a little bit for football, but now we're back with boys basketball. Um, just, just simple Pick'em contest. Um, you can sign up on the website, select a contest, but we, we, have, we have slates for different leagues throughout the week. Uh, so I think tonight's Frederick County boys basketball. So any game that includes a Frederick County team is, is in this slate. Um, simply just sign up, select a contest, swipe which team you think is going to win. Um, you'll get some more value for, for teams that are underdogs rather than, you know, the, the favorites. Uh, but it's just free for fun, you know, be able to pick some winners um, and, and climb up the leaderboard we have there. Very cool. Very, very cool. And then everything else that people can find, give the rundown, uh, website, social, the whole deal for County Sports, Sports Zone and yourself. Yep. County Sports Zone, County Sports Dot Zone um, as well has, has all the, the scores and schedules you need, you know, across the state of Maryland. Um, at CSC Scores on Twitter, Instagram. Um, and then I'm at W underscore Brown 21. Awesome. Wes Brown, appreciate you, man. Let's talk again next Tuesday. Thanks so much. Yep, thank you. That's Wes Brown from County Sports Zone with County Sports Zone Radio for this week. All right. Oh, uh, I did. Uh, uh, Proctor had a good get, uh, good one today, and I totally missed it earlier. He said, you know, I think Griffin is fine as a producer, but I prefer my producers to be a little more producery. And I, I don't disagree with that. I just, you know, you know, a little more producery from you if you don't, if you don't mind going um, forward. Like you're okay. Trying to, trying to figure out how to. Yeah, how to but take just a this. bit more producery is what I'm. I you would actually take it as a compliment if you're Should making I? the. If, yeah. But if you're making the direct comparison to yeah. that 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 crazy lady who didn't think Lamar was quarterbacky, and we all know that he is, then uh, okay. Yeah. On so a I'm direct, Lamar. Oh, yeah, yeah. On a direct right, comparison, yeah. but you know, let's let's ease up on all. Yeah. That. All right. Thanks, let's, John. Let's ease. Yes. Let's I ease agree. up. I let's agree. ease up on all of that. Um. All right. Picks recap. Picks Recap is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Griffin, what's going on? Uh, literally, end of the line. End of the line. Two days remaining over at Live Casino. If uh, luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, there is a simple answer because we can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. And again, Thursday, January 4th, that is the last day to get in. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum, and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from Live Casino, Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes and vouchers, plus cash and free play worth up to $500 only at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. All right. So who was updating the uh, grid last night? Was that you or uh, was that no, that's a John Proctor? Yeah, I guess Did he screw that up. He was trying to steal a point from himself actually. Maybe he should be more Excel sheety. Excel sheety. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it works. I think it works. 
All right, um, here we go. We begin the Music City Bowl from this past Saturday. Hell of a performance from Maryland. And they got out to a huge lead and never looked back. Uh, I thought they would compete. I didn't didn't like the number, but I didn't think they were going to win going away. Um, Three straight bowl wins for Maryland. I I don't want to oversell it. I think Auburn was only okay. That's part of the reason why I had some confidence in Maryland. I also don't want to oversell the performance of either of the quarter. I think I I starting to see some tweets from people. Billy during Edwards the game. anytime TD, love it. That's great, but I started to see some people like, I wonder if MJ Morris is having second thoughts. I don't think that either of the guys played so well that like you even give them a leg up in the competition. I do think it's a competition, but like I don't even know that Billy Edwards completed fifty percent of his passes for the game. He does present obviously something as a dual threat. Um, Cameron Edge, some of the throws he made were spectacular. I, I I don't think the cupboard is bare, but I don't know that any of them are so obviously the guy that you, you go into next year feeling like, yep, you definitely have, you know who the quarterback is. I think it's going to be a spring and summer long competition to figure out which one of those guys ends up becoming the quarterback for Maryland. But look, man, it was fun. If you're a Maryland fan, it was neat to have it go that way. And Maryland rolls. Only myself and John and Little Rock were on Maryland, so we stole a point there. Um, the semi, we have not talked really much at all other than my joke about um, uh, Jalen Milrow about the college football playoff semifinals, which both were very good and took, I think, a combined nine and a half hours to play. Which I guess is what they want. Like uh, an idiot. I, I told the guys on Visa, I'm like, ah, no problem. I'll be rip-roaring, ready to go at 8.30 tomorrow morning. We can talk. Um, thoughts. So here's the deal. Uh, Alabama looked like they were in great shape and then the fumble changed everything for them and then obviously the great drive put together by Michigan late in regulation still thought Alabama had enough time but Michigan's defense up to the task bizarre on the fourth down obviously the snap threw everything off for Alabama but the hole was still there yeah yeah the snaps are bad all day in fairness Michigan special teams play was bad all day and they were able to overcome that it's massive. It's monumental yeah. for Michigan. It's monumental for Michigan. Even if we all know this Alabama team wasn't as good as other Alabama teams in recent years, they had to overcome just the thing. And the way that it felt in the second half, like, here it is, once again, happening to Michigan. At one point, it looked like Alabama, despite all of their struggles in the first half, was going to end up pulling away and maybe even winning by double digits. But Michigan dug back in. That defense is loaded. It's good all over. Obviously, Baltimore's own Derek Moore, a part of that. Um, you know, J.J. McCarthy is not asked to do quite as much as other quarterbacks are asked to do, but he made some, like his his underneath throws look brilliant, don't they? Like he looks golden on underneath throws. Great game, great game. Not high scoring and not without you know mistakes or errors, but obviously highly competitive and yeah. and a really in 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 that cathedral of football with the sun going down. I mean, it's just, it's everything everybody says it is. You're reminded of that every year. You're like, oh, right. We we make fun of the Rose Bowl, and then we get back there, and we're like, this is why they force everybody to work around their schedule because the sun going down at the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day is is a sight to behold. Although, ironically, the greatest Rose Bowl of all time didn't happen in that window. It was when Vince Young oh, and yeah, the, yeah. the <laughs> Texas, they played a night game that year. All that being said, Michigan deservedly gets to be the favorite in the championship game. And they they deserved to win. They were the better team. That's not there was nothing as as goofy as Milrose, you know, not noticing right. the giant hole. Whatever you Michigan was the better team on the whole. 
if Dylan Johnson was healthy, I don't know how I'd feel about the championship game. But with that looking bad, right? Michigan is a deserved favorite. But and by the it, way, on well, that one, myself, Griffin, KZ, John, and Ryan were all on Alabama, and we missed. It was very split. The second semifinal was weird. Michael Penix was phenomenal, but then Washington oddly was like hell bent on con- like the mo- they get up by two scores and they're hell bent on continuing to throw the ball. They're throwing mixing in like a flea flicker. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but whatever. All's all's well that ends well. They get the ball back. They're fine. I, we can sit here and nitpick the decision to keep running the ball. And you can say, hey, if you just take knees, you're giving the ball back to Texas with 18 seconds left. Sure. Unless someone gets hurt taking a knee. Like, it's utterly fluky what happened there. One, and a couple people pointed this out, football as a whole ought to think about that rule, right? Like The clock stopping. Yeah. You ought to think about that. It's the... We, we create that to prevent a team from being able to take advantage of it in their circumstances. We, we, that rule exists so that you can't... You can't fake an injury to get a free timeout. That's not a fake injury. Right. And there ought to be a way for the officials to have discretion to say, and I get it, we don't really want the officials to have discretion. We really want the rules to be the rules to be the rules. But Jesus, man. A team that's leading, that's obviously not faking an injury, shouldn't be penalized because a player got hurt. And if they get a first down, they don't even have to think about, like, I understand why they're handing the ball off. Mm -hmm. If they get a first down, there's no... They, they can't have a pump block. They can't have something goofy happen if they pick up a first down. So I'm not mad at Washington for not taking knees. I get it. And in their mind, these are safe plays. They're screaming at Dylan Johnson, hey, hold on to the football. Whatever you do, if they've got you bottled up, don't try to get extra yards out of it. Just go down. They're doing everything in their power. It's a bizarre rule that exists that penalizes a team for something unforeseen. The rule should have greater clarity. And a team that's leading in that circumstance shouldn't be penalized for the fact that they had a player get hurt. And I know it's crazy to say, but like you, a, a non-contact contact injuries happen too. And if somebody gets hurt in the process of taking a knee, the clock's going to stop then too. The, the problem wasn't the play calling. That's, you can talk about the play calling earlier where they were still obsessed with throwing up by two scores. But the problem there is not the fact they were handing the ball off. That's a safe play. In a way, I'm glad that like the football gods saved the day and said, we're not going to allow this to change the result of the game. We're not going to let something unforeseen change the result of the game. And who, I don't remember the name of the defensive back. I said it on Twitter. That's like a walk-off effing grand slam at the end of the game. Like That is as perfect as you can play that ball in that situation and you can only do it in that situation because otherwise you're still trying to go for an interception in any other spot. But knowing there's one second left in the game, everything right. Brilliant. Washington continues every time we disrespect them. Every time we say their defense stinks. I saw a lot of people uh, last night saying 
You guys keep saying their defense stinks because you're only looking at pure statistics. You're, you're not taking into account that there were other games this year where they got up by a big margin and put their, got, took their guys off the field and they gave up points. Like you're, it, It's impossible to find. Their defense isn't brilliant. It's not Michigan's defense, obviously. But it's not quite as bad as the numbers would make you think that it is. I still think without Dylan Johnson, it's hard to... I get last night the story clearly wasn't Dylan Johnson. It was Michael Penix. Michael Penix was brilliant. But against a, a defense the caliber of Michigan, I think you have to be more balanced. And I don't know enough about what Washington presents in the run game without Dylan Johnson on the field. Um, Michael Penix, man. What a story. What a season. What a performance. And maybe he goes and wills them to a national championship next Monday night. We'll see. Um but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. You know, if you didn't have to go to work today, which unfortunately yeah. is nobody, <laughs> like we got to work on that. Maybe we try to figure out a way to, to make the holiday breaks last through January 2nd. I don't know. But it it is problematic that the games are going on until 1 a.m. That's not great for college football. But um, it was uh, Elijah Jackson, sophomore quarterback. Thank you. Uh, walk, for, off, uh, walk off Grand Slam, man. That, that was perfect. Uh, Paul, Kyle... KZ, Andrew Steck, and Jeremy Kahn were all on Texas, who obviously didn't need, not not only didn't cover, but didn't win at all. Uh, the rest of the games this week, uh, most of us were on Detroit, except for Paul, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn. It looked hairy there. Speaking of play calling problems, what the hell Dallas was doing at the end of the game? Trying to take shots to the end zone. Very weird. Maybe run the ball. Very weird. And then, of course, the, the goofy thing at the end that no longer mattered based on the cover because Detroit was going to cover one way or the other. But clearly, I, look, you can say whatever you want to say about Detroit should have heard the official announce the wrong guy. The, the first blame is on the officials for announcing the wrong guy. And you can't absolve them of blame. I had a bunch of people, a bunch of weirdo Cowboys fans I mentioned, like, why are they even trying to confuse everybody? Like, what? They, they're, they're, asking, not, they're asking for this. No, if the official, if they, and apparently the story is they told the officials before the game, this is what we're going to do if we're in this spot. We're going to have multiple guys run over to try to create some confusion, but this is the guy that's going to be eligible. Yeah, that's... Bad look. That is... Bad, bad, bad look. Whatever. The Cowboys Cowboys won the game. That's it. That's the end of it. The Cowboys won the game. Bad look for the officials. But they didn't cover, so um, uh, Paul, Andrew, and Jeremy missed that point. Um, great backdoor cover yeah. from the Raiders. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, Andrew Stecka had hopped on our postgame uh, Zoom, but we weren't live yet. Was he and, I, and Andrew Stecka uh, was, was riding and dying with, they got, like, I guess on third down, they got a goal line stop, and he's like, all they need is one more stop, and we got this. And then, of course, the Raiders score on fourth down. They don't win the game, but they get that brilliant backdoor cover because the line was three and a half. So only Andrew and Jeremy Kahn missed that point. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, goes on the road, doesn't just cover, but they win outright in Seattle. Myself, uh, Kyle, Nick Kelly, Andrew, and Jeremy all got that point. Kansas City, they don't always cover big numbers, and they didn't like do this comfortably. No. It was never pretty at any point. They have, there it's. Their problem isn't the Eagles' problem. Like, the Eagles' problem is they can't win football games. But Kansas City is not Kansas City. Like, they are just not right. But they did hang on, and they did win and this one. Biggest play of the cover. day was number 23 on the Bengals, tackling Rasheed Rice at the five-yard line. 
won me a fantasy championship. Oh, did? Yeah, it's pretty. Great. It did. Won by three points. Uh, and I, I split. I won the press box league, but uh, I I missed in the big league. And if I had just played a chan over Zamir White, mm. I decided I was going to do the thing where I was like, I don't want any dolphins in my fantasy lineups. It's straight. A chan looks good. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And he was a big part of the reason why I was in the position because early on in the year he got me a bunch of wins. But I just selfishly didn't want to play any Dolphins this week. I cut Jason Sanders. I didn't want to play any Dolphins. He's so smart. I didn't want the conflict. So I said, I'm going to start Zamir White. That was the difference. That was was a nine-point difference, and I lost by six. Darn. Mm. Bummer. Real mm. bummer. But I did win the press box. I beat KZ in the press box championship. Handily. So you guys that haven't paid, you get in and you pay. KZ says, I guess I'll just pay you. Yes. At this <laughs> point, you can just pay me. What am I, what, what am I supposed to be paying? Ten bucks. Oh. Really okay. disappointed yeah. by that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one that demanded we pay, but I think I remember saying, like, God, if you could only add, just ask for ten to anything to keep people invested. I regret that. We should have had real money in that league because I won. Um, anyway, uh, myself as well as John Proctor and John and Little Rock, Andrew Steck and Jeremy Conwell on Kansas City. Um, Minnesota not only doesn't cover, they get blown out at Jeez. home by the Packers. I mean, Yikes. Why did they start Jaron Hall? Don't, I don't know. Not that I, mean, I don't think it would have mattered, but. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the like, goofy part about talking about a game like this is, I, I guess it matters in context. Yeah. Like, you're still trying to get into the playoffs. Like, why, why would you do that? But, yeah, that was bad. Uh, Green Bay backers were Paul Valley, as well as John Proctor, KZ, Nick Kelly, Ryan Chell, and Jeremy Kahn. And then almost everybody was on the Ravens. Almost everybody. Nick Kelly wasn't on the Ravens, and neither was Griffin Bass. Would have been a huge, if I had just gone with Maryland and the Ravens, would have been a huge yeah, you week. You would have had an over 500 week, which has been rare for time. you. <laughs> Instead, forever. you officially now have the worst percentage on the season. Jeez. Yeah. For the first yeah. time all year, your percentage has dipped below Jeremy Kahn. Now, the good news is there are only 15, 19, 22 games left, and you're still up by 16 points. It's, it's not mathematically done, but it's done. So you don't have to worry about that part, but you're also now eight games behind Paul Valley with 22 games left. You're going to see Creed next summer. That part not necessarily. Is over. It's over. It's over. You're going. Well, to we're gonna do a uh, like the like we did last year Super Bowl props, right? No, that's no? not. We don't do that for picks. No, we did that last year. What? Yeah, we did like you know heads or tails, or we didn't make that. Did count. we make that? I don't think we made it count. I think we oh, did it for okay. fun. I don't think we made oh, it okay. count. Yeah, We've I guess because well, I guess because Stecco was eliminated, wasn't he? Yeah, I so, mean like we didn't. Right. I think we did right, that for right. funsies, and I'm good with doing it for funsies. Maybe we do a side bet on the Super Bowl props. I'm good with that. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't change the rules after enough. the game has been played. Uh, I did close in on Andrew Stecca, seven and two, myself and John Proctor, the high water mark for the week. So I get within uh, one game of Andrew Stecca at the top of the table. Uh, also, John and Little Rock by going six and three gets a little bit closer. He's within two games of Andrew Steck at the top of the table. Then four games back, KZ and John Proctor, Nick Kelly five games back, Ryan seven games back, Kyle nine games back, Paul ten games back, and you know Griffin's there too. So that's where we are after the the week in picks. Now, let's get a tidbit. 
Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, Proctor. So the guy that I lost to in our league, I had a, I had a sizable lead going into Sunday night. Mm. He what? had Jordan Love. Wow. He had Jordan Love. The moment he ran in for a touchdown, I was like, well, it's over. <laughs> It's over. I don't have to worry about it. But again, all I I can I just keep coming back to if I just would have started HM, that's difference. Should have. I believe I've I've finished in second in that league fifteen times. Wow. I think I've won it twice ever, and I finished in second. It what feels like every year. I think I've lost that chance. I am the Buffalo Bills of our fantasy of that fantasy just league. Eight straight I championships. Always, I always lose in lose. the championship. Mm. One year I lost to Proctor and like the star of the week was Capri Bibbs. Like Capri Bibbs got like 35 points and I lost the league Capri because Bibbs. of that. Capri I don't think Bibbs. I can even name yeah, who, who he was Capri, playing yeah, for, who, anything about him. Nope. I believe he had played at Colorado State if I remember Capri correct. Capri Bibbs. Maybe um, like a Cameron Meredith or something throw that in there. Uh, Cam Meredith had a, a little bit of a, a career. Capri Bibbs played for the 49ers. No, he's on the practice squad. He played for the Broncos, the 49ers, the Reds, the, not that, the team that doesn't exist the red, anymore. The red team. Yeah, and the Packers apparently briefly as well. He went to, I had that right, Colorado State, after he transferred from something called Snow, oh, which I guess like is just like a field. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's just been running around playing in the snow. So is that an abbreviation, <laughs> S-N-O-W, or it's, it's just I, it's snow, snow college? Co- snow college is a public community college in Ephraim, Utah. Ooh, probably pretty. I'm guessing I'm guessing that's the case. Uh, uh, do you remember dropping – it wasn't Cam Anderson. It was C.J. Anderson, Proctor. Oh, do you remember stop, yes, dropping C.J. Anderson, Anderson one year who I started in the championship for the win against you? <laughs> C.J. Anderson was a tank. <sighs> I did. That did happen. I dropped C.J. Anderson. He picked him up for championship week. And it's much like the story this the same story this year. The guy that beat me in the championship, I think, had like the 10th most points in the league. Like, it was all, it was a mediocre, just happened to win the right matchups to get in. And then, and I'm pretty sure that year, the C.J. Anderson year. Kind of my league went. I, I didn't sneak in, but I, I was the sixth I was the sixth seed, and I went, I went on a run here. I got good matchups, and, uh, and we figured it out. Team Bass figured it out. I won. The, don't forget, I won the press box league. Let's not forget that. Yeah, well, that I was, won a lot more money in this one for what it's worth. I won next. To, <laughs> by the way, I haven't been paid a penny yet. <laughs> KZ hasn't paid me. The rest of you, get in. You owe me money. Not much, but I'll take it. I'll take it because, frankly, Daddy overextended himself during the holidays. You need this. This need need to catch up. Dollars. I could use the hundred bucks. Let's just be honest about that. Um, Michigan uh, is the first team in at least the last 25 years. Did I do the sponsor read? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank Watch you by Toyota Tacoma. Thank Check it out. Uh, the first team in at least. <laughs> what, a, what a read. <laughs> Brought to you by Toyota Tacoma. Check it out. Yeah, well, do it. Do that. <laughs> and uh, call him the least... best pitch man. In... <laughs> I'm, run, I'm coming for Vinny. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and at least the last 25 years to win three consecutive games against AP-ranked opponents in a single season despite only converting 25% or fewer of their third down attempts in each game. Michigan has won three in a row against uh, against ranked teams. And uh doesn't happen often. Not no, when they're no, not converting no, on third down. No, that's weird. That's very weird. And their special teams stink, but their the, defense is really good. The Ravens uh, now have, are tied for the most wins of 14 or more points against teams with a ring, winning record when entering the game in NFL history. They have seven wins of 14-plus points. 
against winning teams that ties them with what team? Seven wins of 14 points. How would I know that? Oh. Uh, the Patriots. Yes. What yeah. year? <laughs> the undefeated year? Uh, no, not the undefeated okay. year. The, the year that they beat the Falcons in the um, Super Bowl? No, not that year. All right, what year? 2014. Sure. They did go on to win the Super Bowl there that year. Uh, also, the second most on this list will be the 1925 Pottsville Maroons. They ah, won, the they Maroons. won six games. They won six games. Ah, their star quarterback, Adam Levine. Maybe. I don't know. Well, Holy F. Holy the, effing the, F. The, that the, body of yours is insane. <laughs> that comes from Tony Holtzman Escarino from NFL Research. Always, always love those ones. Lamar now also has four career touchdowns of 75-plus yards, running, rushing or, or passing. All four have come against the Miami Dolphins. It's pretty funny. This, it's funny because a lot of people brought up maybe he just has the Dolphins number, like forgetting that also, you know, one of his worst performances also occurred against the Dolphins. Um, as uh, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to do here. I, so this one's from Jay Kuda. I think I want to do this one. So there are across the four major uh, professional leagues in uh, in the United States, uh, there are there's there's one team in the NFL that has won a playoff game in each of 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. Say that one more time. They've won a playoff game in one team each in the year. NFL. Yes, that won a playoff game in each year for the last four years. 2020, 21, 22. There's been three in the NBA, two in Major well, League Baseball. The one in the NFL is the Chiefs. Correct. correct. That is correct. Three NBA teams have won a playoff game. In playoff game, not yes. a series. A playoff game. Playoff game. Um, but it, that might also be true. Series probably. Does is it true. count the the goofy? Uh, yes. So like, do the Warriors count? The no, the Warriors don't. See, count. that's the thing. Yeah, but didn't yes. they win in the the playing the they? year that they didn't they? The year they were bad, I thought they were in the playoff, the playing thing. I'm just trusting Jay Kuda here. So then the Nuggets. Yes, the Nuggets. Um, the Heat. Not the Heat. Okay. I mean, I believe you. Yeah. The Celtics. Yes, the Celtics. The Bucks. And the Bucks. Nuggets, okay. Celtics, Bucks. And then two baseball teams. Two baseball teams. The Dodgers. Not the Dodgers. Oh, because they got swept, right? Yeah, they got swept by uh, Holy the Padres. Piss. Um. Oh man, I don't know then. Two teams. The Astros. Yes, the Astros are one. And the the oh Atlanta. Yes, the Atlanta yeah. Braves. Okay, correct. Very correct. Good. correct. Very good. Very good. All right, that wasn't as hard as I thought yeah, it was, yeah. but. Do you want to try the hockey one? The Avalanche. Um. E, uh, yes, the Avalanche are one of them. How many are there? There, there's seven teams. Oh Jesus Christ! Tampa. Uh. Ye, uh. Yes. Yes. The Lightning. The Avs. <laughs> I, 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 end of list. Uh. They're 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 mostly Eastern Conference teams. There's one more West. Toronto. Uh. Toronto. Yes. Toronto. Tampa. Colorado. Uh, Toronto. Tampa. Colorado. Uh. Know who else has been good? I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> this is where I check Florida. Um, yeah, Florida, Panthers, Panthers. Um, two more Eastern Conference teams that you. I mean, I would, the Rangers. No, not the Rangers. I don't know. The the Capitals didn't make the playoffs no, last not the year. Capitals. Right? Yeah. Not the Capitals. The Penguins. Not the Penguins. The Devils. Not the Devils. The Flyers. The Bruins. Yes. The Bruins. The bees. The yeah. bees. <laughs> Canadians. Not the Canadians. Hurricanes. Yes, the Carolina Hurricanes. And then this team, this was a surprising one. The Golden Knights. Not the Golden Knights. 
But yeah, surprising not the Golden. It's kind of surprising. Um, what do they have a down year? What did they have a down year? I don't know. I don't know. But the Minnesota Wild. Oh sure, the Wild. Yeah. Minnesota Wild. Could have been here for a long time. Well done. Well, you name all the NHL name all the teams. teams exactly the way it was. Not too go. long. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by Superbook. Again, the code remains the same. Glenn Clark twenty three. Glenn Clark twenty three is the code until you hear otherwise. I know you're confused. It's not twenty twenty. Just stick with it. I think I'm leaning towards the Ravens, the fact that they're getting four points on Saturday. I just don't think that they're going to completely roll over and give up. I think that it, particularly if Tyler Huntley gets to play the whole game or the majority of the game. Tyler Huntley's a free agent at the end of the year and I think is going to want to show something. So, I don't know. I'm just feeling a way about that. And if you feel the same way, use the code Clark 23 when you sign up at Superbook. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Here is what's coming up tubular-wise this evening. Of course, the Tyus Bowser Show, Mother's North Grill and Timonium, Malik Ham, Baltimore's own, is going to join us. Come out and hang out with us 7 o'clock. You can watch it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Big game for Maryland night against Zach Eady and Purdue. That's 7 o'clock on Peacock. I'm sure there will be no one that will be frustrated by that. Peacock tonight for Purdue and Maryland. Uh, Big Ten hoops as well. Iowa-Wisconsin at 7 and Northwestern Illinois at 9 on Big Ten Network. Other good college basketball tonight. ESPN Carolina Pitt at 7. Syracuse Duke at 9. ESPN 2. East Carolina, Florida Atlantic at 7. Florida Atlantic turned around and lost to Florida Gulf Coast after they beat Arizona. Go figure. Um, and then Charlotte Anarchy SMU at 9. Yeah, don't do that. Don't. Don't. Do not aim to be that guy. Uh, FS1, DePaul, UConn, 630, Butler, and St. John's at 830. New Mexico, Colorado State at 1030. CBS Sports Network, Creighton, Georgetown at 7. Illinois State, Drake at 9. All the rest of the college hoops find at glennclarkradio.com. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Capitals, Penguins at 730. Maple Leafs, Kings at 1030. NBA TV, Bulls, Sixers at 7. Magic Warriors at 10. USA has West Ham United and Brighton and Hove Albion at 230. And then WWE NXT tonight at 8. The Rock is back. I don't know if you saw that. Apparently going to get... The Rock and Roman Reigns. Uh, well, because he wants to plug what the the new XFL or whatever. I, I don't know if that or if they just gave him a boatload of money yeah. because they're doing a stadium show in Australia Dang. and apparently they weren't selling tickets uh, the way that they needed need to. The Rock. So I don't know. Non sports. Um, what day is it? It's Tuesday. Yes, today is Tuesday. Um, Fargo. Not, yeah, Fargo. Yeah, we go. Fargo. Miami Dolphins. Uh, hard knocks. Is, is this last week? Yeah, this will. So be, this will include yeah, this will Sunday. Include, yeah, this will include. Uh, like an episode uh, worth watching. <laughs> Um, the floor on Fox is the new show hosted by Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. It looks yeah. bad. I don't know. Like what I mean, if trivia, you're a trivia, I trivia person, I guess yeah. that part is fun. But yeah, the rest of it is. And lost then, uh, if you haven't seen Only Murders because it's on Hulu, they're they're doing they're the cable premiere on uh, on uh, ABC at nine o'clock. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Guess maybe still trying to make up for all the shows that aren't ready yet. Yeah, I guess so. So although I think I saw like Abbott Elementary's close. Um, it's soonish, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because I I want to say February or something. Okay, I think right. I think it's I think it is coming up. Very good. Everything else, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks today to Mike Martz. Thanks to Evan Washburn. Thanks to Aaron Schatz and to Wes Brown. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow? Uh, we'll talk with Patrick Stevens. Okay. Tomorrow. Drew will be here. Oh, good. And uh, stuff and things. Wow. All right. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... 
Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Um, go Maryland, obviously. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks. Oh, I don't do that yeah, anymore. Do. Well, it's 2024 now. Do you want to? Michigan's. No, I don't, I don't care. Duke sucks.